cracking. All right, man. This is a very, very special episode of the pregame podcast. This is episode 200. And shame on me. I did not have celebratory music queued up because we need to get another soundboard since motherfuckers got a new platform or software that we record on. So let me get the virtual applause. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Is this the right? Is this the right one? Is this the right shit? This might be the right shit. I'll I'll let it suffice. Nah, nah. We need some ratchet shit. Hold on, man. Hold on. Bree, Bree. You're trying to get a soap cut. <laughs> something, man. We gotta. It's it's, it's two hundred episodes, man. This is big. This is big time. Uh, you know what? This is what we're gonna do. We're gonna play something that I don't like to play, but we're gonna play it anyway. That that Drake, that Drake ratchet. Happy birthday. <laughs> you okay? Drake. <laughs> yeah. It's the birthday to the pod. Uh, Bree Bree, whoa. You already know. Freestyle coming. Freestyle coming. I go first, you go second, nigga. Yeah. We got Alex in the building. Say what up, Alex. What's up, everybody? How you feeling, man? You good? I'm good. Are you high? I'm always good. Are you always high? You look like you got allergies or something. You good? You do? Yeah. Your allergies acting up right now? Yeah, I'm allergic to bullshit. Oh, okay. No, I see what you did there. 1998. But we're going <laughs> we're gonna <laughs> It's not currently just recovering, you know? Who? Like, you? No, like when you see a cat. Like you know, like when you see a cat and like you get allergies and then you don't see the cat, you still have allergies a little bit. Gotcha. So are you or are you not allergic to felines? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I I guess I have a tolerance. A tolerance for them? In what way? Like I can I can talk I can see cats and stuff like that, but I don't have a cat necessarily. But friends' cats, it's just maybe I give it two hours. That's when I start like. Uh, uh. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Alex is here. Thompson is late, second week in a row. So Bibi can jump him later. That's a whole conversation for another day. But what time is it? It's nine seventeen, and I was late. Oh, I got here at like eight forty-five. Wow! This so what you're doing? I mean, yeah. you could, like I said, you can beat him up later. But two hundred episodes, goddamn it, it's fucking lit. And so I gotta, I gotta kick a freestyle. And so is this, is this the shit that I want? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that gang shit. <laughs> that gang shit. You ready, Bree? You got verse two. Yeah, PGP crew. Ha! Yeah! E! P! Two! Zero! Zero! Ah! That's episode 200 for you bitch ass niggas! Let me take a shot of this deli yon before I kill y'all niggas real quick! Mmm! Woo! Ah! Mmm! Did a beat drop yet? I can't tell. Yeah. It did? Yeah. I'ma wait till the next one and just keep Millie rocking. Nah! Uh! Pre-game podcast! We at EP2 Hundo, and I'm here with Bree Bree, and we got Iovino, first name Alex, comedian, he here for the second week in a row, because we 
fucked up on the last one. <laughs> but we're trying to figure it out because we got a lot of new equipment and we don't know how to use that shit yet. But it don't matter because we still lit. And it's ooh, 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 episode 200 and we still don't know where who is. Hey, moving into 2021. We gonna have more guests on this bitch. Photo shoots, merch, all that shit is coming. I don't care if you niggas hating. We gonna keep on running forward. Ah. Whoopty, I love blue cheese with my drum wings. Fuck flats, you will. <laughs> yeah, nigga, breathe. Kick that. Yeah. All right. Um, um, you talking about drums, but it's flats for me. The pregame is where I have to be. Saturday nights is tough. Vibe. You wish you could be here, but you can listen in. Like I tell you, tell a friend to tell another friend to tell their lover so everybody hears. We out here. Oh. Uh, uh, no, no, no. Don't worry about it. We're going we gonna, we gonna to find another one. Nah, this shit, this shit right here. This is the shit right yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My shit is trash. <laughs> Just have fun. Mm. What's up? Tell him, Bree. Mm, mm, What's mm, popping? Mm, mm. What's popping? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I like it. I like it. That 90s shit. New to this, stay true to this. We do the shit. We'll, ma- we'll smack your bitch. Just keep going. Just keep going. Who cares, man? We having listen, fun. Listen, listen, listen. What's popping? Okay. Brand new pod. What's happening? Uh. We got guests here. Alex Iovino, comedian extraordinaire in this nigga 6'7", but he can't hoop. Not one lick. He can't even hit a layup, but it don't matter because he's my dog. And I'll... Shit. <laughs> It happens. Nah, nah, nah I but, really, I, I, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Rest in peace, Tiny Lister. Another black man gone. I don't know how he died, but nobody is gonna ever steal a chain and feel the same way about it again. Rest in peace, Debo. Goddamn. And that nigga had one eye for 17 years. He couldn't see out of his was it right eye or was it left eye? I don't really know. I think it was his right eye. It doesn't matter though, because that nigga dead. Rest in peace. Big head. Uh, what's poppin'? We still here. We bout to talk shit about Olivia Jade, that privileged white bitch, and so happy with Jada Pinkett's mom coming at her neck, cause it's I felt all of that. Yeah, uh-huh. And we gonna talk about it. What else we got? What's your fondest memory, nigga, from 10 years ago? You were 17, 19, 21. I was out here trying to mess with girls. Little old penis. Psyched that was a lie. My shit was big. Shit was girthy. But that, that's that's not what we want to talk about. I was trying to drink, but I was only drinking that bullshit. UV, Cockerall, the shit that give you them headaches, them hangovers. Hate that shit. Oh, my God. Hated being broke, but now I got a car. Now I got a bank account with dollars in it, and I'm... I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. <sighs> Woo! Episode 200, bruh. What's, I need fake gunshots, all that. My bad, bro. You don't we have gotta, to hold that. We got to get you a sound. A sound we got to get a soundboard. We got to get us a soundboard. God damn it. Gunshots for this motherfucker. Bow, 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 bow. We out here, bruh. 200 episodes in. When I started this podcast, whew. 
man. I started this podcast in 2015, y'all. Five years ago, I done went through seven different co-hosts, maybe eight or nine, then recorded at so many different places. Oh, my God. Was on the road for a lot. Would go to somebody's house to record at their spot, uploading video. I've uploaded audio and promoting and doing other people's podcasts and watching other people's podcasts go further than this one because of our audio issues and our equipment issues. But now we're at a place where, fuck it. We are moving right along, and we're exactly where I wanted to be ending up this year. And um, it's lit, man. I appreciate Bree Bree for joining last year. And her, her one, was it one year? One year anniversary was what, a couple weeks ago? No, it's two years. Two years, that's right. You've been here for two years, nigga. Two year anniversary was a couple weeks ago. Alex is, is the second or third time on the pod, so I appreciate you for being here to celebrate with us, my brother. Everyone, take a sip of your fucking De Leon, man. Salute! Appreciate y'all. We're gonna have a good episode. Ah, so let's start with uh let's start with checking. Let's start with checking. Um, how's everyone feeling? Preby, how you doing? How was your week? You excited for Christmas? We got one more week of school. You got one more week of school before you're on vacation for what, two weeks? Yeah. So it's lit. How yeah, you feeling about it. everything? Um uh in terms of work, the responsibilities have uh you know, increase exponentially. Um, and I'm trying to keep an open mind. When you say ex- have have increased exponentially, what do you mean? Like, what do you have to do now? Um, well, it's a lot of calling parents throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that means is, like, it's not a lot of time to do the stuff in the tracking down students for attendance yep. and calling parents and then tracking down students for a different version of attendance and calling parents and letting them know that they're like, you know, all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. on top of that is still kind of like, you know, we're, we're responding to rooms. We're giving yep. requests. We're doing all this. And it just feels like a whole lot. Okay. And I expressed this. Um, and what was kind of the response was like, First week was going to be hard. We're going to get the hang of it. It'll be better. And it's like, all right. But still, it was. It felt like mentally exhausting, you know? Yep. Where you're constantly having to go and having to watch multiple things and having to do multiple, like, respond to multiple people and be able to be, even though you're, you might be feeling, like, overwhelmed, you still have to be ready to be able to engage with other people ready to be able to um respond to different things whether somebody's obsessed somebody's not upset somebody did the right thing somebody didn't do the right thing you still have to keep that even keel yep and that level of understanding and that for me with all of the things coming at me at once felt really exhausting Mm. and it's only been like that for this week or it's been like that for the last couple weeks it's been like this for this week gotcha gotcha okay appreciate Um, you for sharing yeah other than that um I went to my brother's house yesterday. Um, the brother that we both know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How's he doing? He's doing well. Um, he <clears throat> had made, like, Asian food the night before, put me a plate away, so I had that for lunch. And then I was chilling with them, him and Isaiah, and making, um, and watching The Pains, which is like... I know what it is. Yeah, yeah. So... Tyler Perry. He was watching The Pains, and then I was like, all right, we're making calzones. I was like, okay. Oh, no, we made spinach pies. My bad. 
So he cooked up the spinach. Spin- spinach pie sauces. kind of a calzone? Yeah, in, but... In the family, like a distant think, cousin. When you think about a calzone, you don't think of spinach being in it. No, what about spinach and meatball? Spinach and macaroni? Macaroni? Spinach and pepperoni? Oh, I thought you... What the fuck is macaroni? <laughs> They're in the same... I mean, it's... Yeah. It's a baked... I gotcha. Pocket with yeah. not fruity stuff in it, with actual food stuff. So how do you? How does one make a calzone from scratch? Um, he did everything. He got the dough together, and we he kind of sautéed the mushrooms, cooked the beef sausage because my brother doesn't eat pork. So he cooked the beef beef sausage, sliced it, got us some fresh mushrooms, all that stuff, and then they made a homemade like marinara sauce, which was really good. So. Look at y'all motherfuckers trying to be Italian or Greek or whatever. That's what's up. <laughs> good shit. It was good. It was really good. Then my sister had made um pastels, which is like um. Get ready and meat pies. Yeah. So, with the with the fish in them. Yes, exactly. Salmon or whatever. Those can be good. Salty as fuck, but those can be good. Yeah, she made those the night before. Mm-hmm. And then um that was good too. So I was just like, I've been saving money. By going to eat at my siblings' houses. That's how um, you gotta do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Overall, I think I give my week out of five. I'd rate it like a three, only because it was stressful at work. But I got to spend some good time with my siblings, so it was a three. Word. That'll sit out. It's a good sixty-six point seven percent. Ain't mad at that. Mister Iovino, how yes. are you, sir? Check in. How's your week? Anything new and exciting happen? Uh, What's the deal? Getting through the holidays, getting through the pandemic, the quarantining, the the shutdown. Um, yeah, still still working, still doing everything really. Just got my car fixed and still just got the bill and just paying it off gradually. Mm. What did what was wrong with your car? Uh hub bearing, ball joints, and an entirely new exhaust. How much is the exhaust? A whole new exhaust? Pretty much a whole new exhaust with the exception of the cats. Why did they the have to be bag. a whole new exhaust? It was rotted out. It was Completely. My car's got 393,000 miles on it. And that was the original exhaust. Yeah. Wow. So, I think it did its time. Yeah. Patch your uh, exhaust real quick. Yeah. I, I've, oh, I've patched it before. Now it's just real hard to patch because everything's up top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now you had to get a whole new one, huh? Yeah. But it's done. My car is a lot quieter now. Good shit. I don't sound like John Candy from Uncle Buck. Oh, man. Gunshots <laughs> coming down the street. Jeez Louise. All right. All right, brother. Well, yeah. thanks for being here. We appreciate you. And I'm here. Appreciate you, dog. And you, Wooly. Check in. Um, solid week, man. Productive as fuck. Got a lot of stuff done at work. Um, Just like the virtual shit. Man, I knew this was going to happen, but I'm not mad at it happened. Like, I'm cool working from home. Like, I'm actually comfortable doing that shit now. Like, I don't ever want to go back to that motherfucking office again. Like, that's kind of how I feel about it. Not really. Like, I want to work from home and organize. And I want to work from home, organize my meetings. If my meetings require me to go from my house to wherever the meeting is, when I'm trying to organize these youth retreats that I put together, I'll do that all day. And I want to be able to do the in-person retreats with kids. Other than that, yo, it's actually pretty lit being at the crib, bro. I've been I've been figuring out there's a lot of things that I've been randomly just, like, 
I'm I'm cooking more and it's not distracting. It's not. I mean, I, listen, if I told y'all how much actual work I did on a daily, like I would incriminate myself and might lose my job. But I get what I need to get done, and I do it at the beginning of the day. So your time management was is what you say. Listen, man. You should hold a seminar. I should hold a seminar. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'd go to it. Ain't no one gonna, ain't no one gonna fucking, um, pay for that shit for me. But it's been lit, man. I actually like working from home. I'm just sick of Gina trying to act like she's keeping us in the house for health reasons. Like this, <laughs> this bitch is getting on my nerves. And I knew she was gonna extend the pause. I knew she was gonna extend Everybody the pause. Did. She should have yeah. just said it. Yeah, she should have like, just been like, like I, "I need more data. I need a few more days." No, nah, you don't. And I now, and now you're number one. Is with the virus. <laughs> Hopefully she's okay, but she's been grinding like a motherfucker. Shout out to fine ass Doctor Nicole Alexander Scott. I talked about her in the pod like three weeks ago. Yeah, she yeah. fine as hell, man. I drink her bath water. I love a, I love a sassy, classy, professional, dark skin. The locks are just messy, and she just look like she'll smack a nigga. <laughs> I love that shit, man. So she, in other words, Wale likes to be smacked. No, 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 no. I would, I would love for her to smack me because I know it's coming from a place of true annoyance. Like I would have pushed every button possible for her to put, put hands on me. But rest easy, boo. Hopefully you don't have any crazy symptoms because that would really suck. But um, yeah, man. Good week. Good motherfucking week. Um. So <clears throat> first official topic of the evening, <laughs> Bri Bri. You intro it. It was your topic. You sent it to me. So, Olivia Jade. Who is Olivia who Jade? Is, Olivia Jade is the daughter of um, Lori. Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. Um, also known as Aunt Becky on um, Full House and Fuller House, right? Yes. Was she on Full- yeah, she was on Fuller House. Yeah, but um, as soon as that shit happened, they- we, we are all familiar with, familiar with the scandal, the college scandal as to where her daughters and a few, you know... Children of other famous people got into colleges unmerited on made-up scholarships from sports that they did not even play. Um, and a bunch of other things like um, money, quote-unquote, donated to the school off of just loving the school, but really to get their daughters in, different things like that. For Olivia Jade, it was the tune of, and her sister, it was the tune of half a million dollars. Yes, so $500,000. Yes, correct. Olivia Jade is her daughter, her younger daughter, mm-hmm. and the other one is older. Olivia Jade decided that she wanted to come and talk to the people about everything that had went on two weeks after her, her mom got arrested and went to prison. Her dad was already in prison, so she decided she wanted to, like... Other way around. Mom was already in there. Dad's got... Really, he, her, her dad uh, went yeah, in the day you're before. Right. You're right, you're right, yep. you're right. Mm-hmm. So when that happened, she decided to speak up. Excuse me. Gammy. Oh, she, excuse me. She decided to go on the Red Table Talk. Yes. With Jada Pinkett Smith, her mother. I don't know. I, her I think is, her nickname is Cookie. Isn't it Cookie? They all call her Gammy. But I think her name is. Um, I'll look it up. Keep going, though. But with, with Jada Pinkett Smith, Gammy, and Willow Smith. Yep. And she decided to come on the show to kind of clear the air and speak about. You Adrian Banfield Norris. Um, yes. Gammy, a.k.a. Adrian. Banfield Norris. Banfield Norris. And she decided to come on the show. Now, Adrian Banfield Norris was absolutely positively against it. 
mm-hmm. absolutely positively against it. And the reason why she was against it is because she felt like she was using a platform full of black women in order to um, kind of have them help her to fix her, have black women help her to fix her problems when she felt like she was going to be all right regardless. This was going to blow over. She's a white woman in America with money. She was not going to suffer for that long. But to come on their platform, she felt like it wasn't the right thing to do for the simple, to let her on the platform for the simple fact that she could have gone anywhere to do anything. And it seems like she was kind of, I think what the perception was that she was kind of trying to take advantage of this, um, this media outlet to kind of come off as like the most human because it's black woman. And if the black woman accepts you, then everybody has to forget you. That That's how I feel. Um, mm. So she came on the show and she started talking and as she's talking, I noticed that she's kind of, I don't know if you noticed this one, right? but as she was talking, I noticed that she was kind of undoing some of the things she said. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just listening and, and I, I have a lot of respect for Adrian Banfield Norris. Norris. Yeah. And that's because I always think of her as gaming because that's what everybody calls her. But I thought it was Cookie, but I'll call her all of the names and she's fine. As she, she, she's bad. She's bad. Shit. You drink her bath water? Nah, I'd run the bath and eat her out in the bath like she fine as hell. And you know who I'm talking about? Jada Pickett's mom? She looked better than Jada. That's she almost does. impossible. She does. she does. That's almost impossible. And Jada keeps doing all of these fucking stupid dot, hair dyed things. She looks goofy. Her mom is fine, bruh. You have no idea, King. So she came on the show and they talked to her for about 30 to 45 minutes. 31 minutes, 51 seconds. What was your impression of all of this um listen man i remember very vividly on this podcast you myself and your colleague courtney had a discussion and i was telling you both that if white people are around us and are sharing physical space with us and are saying ignorant things racially or whatever or you know things that are colorblind things that kind of like exude their privilege indirectly or directly, then if we're going to be in those spaces with them, we need to check them on it. I stand by that. As long as they're in this, like if you got to work with them, you cannot, like you cannot like consciously just let them have those views without checking them. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And, and, you know, the conversation kind of turned into a little argument with us because y'all was saying, it sounded like I was saying that we always have to go out of our way to educate white people on things that are happening with people. I remember color. the conversation. I did. Yeah, and God damn it, Alex, you had something else. There was barely anything in there, but yeah, and beat your right beat your motherfucking ass. But yeah. so, yeah, in terms of just like going on the street and handing out flyers and saying, "Hey, this is what white privilege is." Like, I'm not talking about that. This type of shit, though, is <laughs> what that was. It's like a white girl. Like, oh, come, let me come and, and say that I'm, I was ignorant, but I saw the light and, you know, but I, 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 Can you I, those napkins and but I don't like, I don't know, man. It was just very, very, I, I didn't know, I didn't know that Adrian was going to be out the gate. Like, nah, why is she here? <laughs> Cause she, she was, gave, she gave zero fuck. And she told her straight up. She was like, child with everything that's happening this year and with everything that's happening with our people. I just don't have the strength to to be compassionate about you. And I'm like, yo, that is a bar, bro. That is a bar because 
your issues, like she said, like you're gonna be okay. Your parents are gonna get out of prison and they probably get to still wear their Ugg slippers in that motherfucker. Like they're chilling. Their prison experience is not gonna be what our prison experience is gonna be. So for her to be like, yeah, man, this, I don't know why you let her come up here and Jada's, Jada's the queen of spin. She's like, oh, well, you know, I feel like that's the same narrative. Like, you know, we have to, black women and, and we, we, as black women, we have to deal with all of these things and, you know, people, people write us off or, or, like automatically, blah, 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 because we're black women. But I feel like you saying that she's um this white girl when she got this privilege, I feel like we're doing the same thing to her. She was like, yeah, it's the same thing. No, and and Willow's like, um, Adrian Biffo Norris would say something and Willow's like, yeah. And then her mom would say something and she's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Willow is in an awkward position every time those two are going at it because she's not going to agree with more with any one side. She's always going to play the middle. And poor girl, she's only 20 years old. So yeah, she... I feel like she's she's in this presence of very strong women. And she's learning, but I, I think it would be a little bit more balanced if they had somebody closer to her age on there as well. Yeah. Or they just had somebody who isn't going to be a punk. And... Or somebody in between her age and Jada's age. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, they because she's she's never gonna take sides. She loves her grandmother, but you like watching it. You can tell. Um, and my bad, Alex. Like, you didn't get a, an opportunity to watch this shit, but please watch it tomorrow. It's on Facebook. Red Table Talk with Olivia Jade. Um, really, really good conversation. Um, you know, because I feel like white women who are elite and on that level of her, like. The question of why you picked this platform of all platforms, because you could have like when Gam- when Gammy said that, I was like, yeah, why why pick that? And she's like, oh, I've watched it before her. No, and she I just- said, I just wanted to put it all out on the table. No, but she also said, you guys, you're It'll so nice. On the table, yeah, yeah, you guys say, you guys said, you guys look so nice and you're so warm, and I just wanted to come to a place that was safe. And I'm like. And that goes to what Gammy said at the beginning. Like, why are you letting a white girl come on this platform to be smothered by us? Because that's exactly what she's doing. Jada's allowing this girl to use her to smother all of the fucking shame. And people are going to start palliating. Like, she's going to be palatable. It's the blankets now. on her fire. Yeah. The black women in that space are the blankets to her fire. They get to smother the flames so that she can go on living her life without getting burned. Because, the, again, like I said, the perception of it is if the black community accepts you, <clears throat> then you're good. Anyone else can, can, can accept good. you. You're good. Which is another statement that proves that, you know, we create the culture whether we realize it or not. We Ooh. have a large impact on. We have what the, the world impact. We have the impact. From how we dress to how we fucking talk to what we eat to how we dance to what we listen to to the type of cars we drive. What you watch. Everything, everything. It start. It begins. It starts and begin. It begins and ends with us. All of it, like all say, of it. I was just as irritated as um, Gammy. Gammy was because, excuse me, just took a shot and trying to talk. Um, I was just as irritated as she was because I couldn't. The thing is, the thing that proved to me that Gammy was right were the points that she was going back on. She's yeah. like, I had no idea this was happening. And when it first happened, I was like so ashamed that I just kind of went to my room and just like, um, 
didn't talk to anybody for so long. But you, you weren't angry, but you didn't, but you weren't angry. But, but wait, 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 wait. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, finish it. She's like, I was so ashamed because I knew there was something wrong. My parents got arrested and da, da, da. And then time goes on throughout, throughout the interview. She yeah. says, I remember when it first happened. I didn't know why everybody was so upset. I thought yeah. that was just something people do. Yeah. So you went from feeling shame and guilt and going straight to your, your um, excuse me, dorm room and not communicating with anyone to not understanding why people were upset. Which one was it? Yeah, and, and and not being angry that her parents did it because initially. She, she said, said that. She said, I didn't know about it. That's what she said. And yeah. then later on in the interview, she said. She checked her. She, her friend asked her if she heard about her mom. She Googled it. She, she Googled her mom's name, saw what happened, and was sitting at in the, like, the lunch cafeteria with friends and was like, oh, my God, like, what the fuck? So she was more concerned about feeling embarrassed with her friends more than anything else. But the point that I was trying to make yeah. is that in the beginning, she said that she did not know the extent. Oh, she walked it back, 100%. And then further on in the interview, she said, we didn't think it was a big deal. Yeah. Because this is the lifestyle that we live. Yeah, yeah. So she knew about it the whole time. Yeah. Absolutely knew about it. So how do you... And, and that's that thing that tells me that she went to maybe the worst media trainer she could possibly go to. But she had a scripted thing that she was going to present. And she thought that she was going to be the one running the, the mm-hmm. red table talk. And didn't realize that she was going to be hit with those real difficult questions. Mm. So maybe you spent a day at Watts volunteering at a recreation center. Yep. How convenient is that? Wow. How convenient is fucking that? Keep going. I'm just saying, if you might have spent the day over there, and now all of a sudden you realize, oh, you're rich and you're privileged, and how this goes, and blah blah blah. What does Watts, a, a daycare set, um, a recreation center, and Watts and the Red Table Talk have in common? Black folk. Black people. There are plenty of struggling white people in this country too. So what? With what that white platforms. Me, exactly. What that tells me is, you're trying to create a narrative. You want to seek the forgiveness of black people because if black people say you're okay, everybody else is going to agree with you. Because you could have easily went on the rail and talked to them stupid (laughs) 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 Them stupid people. Or you could have went on, you know, what's the other one? The the original reel? The View. The View, yeah. You could have let Whoopi get in your ass because she would have got in your ass too. And then Joy Behar would have been like, oh my God, Whoopi, you're being a bully. But fuck that. I think think Joy Behar would have been like, so you knew what happened. You act like you didn't know what happened. I, I feel like the, if she would have told her story, she would have been able to see the holes in it. Because jo- I did. Yeah, Joy Behar. Yeah, I, I meant to say Megan McCain, but she left the show, right? I think she did. She left the show because she got tired of being the conserv- the only conservative view on The View. Yeah, it was eating her alive. All the time. But she got mad love and respect for them. But, yeah, man, we can't be doing that. Look, Alex, I love you to death. We had Stevie on two weeks ago. And I love Stevie to death. I love John Matthews. Um, you remember Richie Haskins? Yep. Love Richie. You guys are four white comedians that I met my first year in the game. And I consider you guys friends. There's not a lot of people that I've met that I consider friends. Everyone else is just comics. They're just fucking comics. So like what I say when I when I what I mean when I call you guys friends is like I expect you guys to feel like you can come to me when you need to have real conversations and I will do the same. And like if I see you guys say some shit like I almost got into a fight with Richie, with Brianna, at a bar, because he was talking about his love for Spanish women and how he just loved Dominicans and da-da-da-da, and we were calling him out on his fetishism, because that's a real thing. Was like, that yeah, when he had that stretch shirt on? Maybe, I don't know. But um, 
he got mad because I said, you did all that exploring, dating black women, having a Dominican girlfriend, getting robbed by her and all this shit. And he ended up marrying a white woman who happened to be a doctor. And he was like, man, it's a little blow. Why are you bringing in my wife? I said, I'm not bringing up your wife to be disrespectful. I'm bringing up your wife to make a point. Like you were slumming in your dating life in your 20s, trying to date all of these exotic women. But at the end of the day, none of those exotic women were good enough for you to put a ring on their fingers. You went and got you a doctor and married a doctor, not an Indian doctor, not an African-American doctor, a white doctor. To me, that's telling. That's very, very telling. Very, very telling. And so, like, in the moment, he just he stopped talking or whatever. But the next day he called me and we had a conversation and I'm not going to, you know, put our conversation out there. But basically, he was just like, you know, I felt offended and, you know, we were going to go like I wanted to go to blows. And I say, yo, you know. I might have crossed the line for bringing your wife into the conversation. There might have been a different way I could have presented, you know, the example or pointed out well, your hypocrisy. Yeah. Well, also, he wasn't telling the full story if he was only going to tell about him loving the date women of color and not saying who he's currently with. So you was making sure he was telling the full story. <laughs> well, that's Brie. That's Brie we always have in my back, which is why I love her. But it's just like we can't afford to tiptoe and decide when we want to be on the right side of justice. We can't do that shit when when it gets when it blows up in our face. You know what I'm saying? Black people can't do it. Brown people can't do it. White people can't do it. Y'all especially, but we just can't do it. You know what I'm saying? And Stevie, he Stevie, he's doing a lot better because he has a black girlfriend. He's learned a lot. Yeah. Like he's learned a lot. Even though there are some times I'm like, yo, bro, shut the fuck up. Like you can't say certain shit. Like just because you have a black girlfriend, that does not give you a pass. You will get your ass whipped. You are not Gary Owen. You know what I'm saying? Like even he will get an ass whooped. Exactly. So you know, <laughs> it's just like with that shit, man. She's 21 years old. She was a YouTuber. They showed the fucking clip of her saying, "I think I'm just gonna. I want to go to games. I want to go to parties. I want to party." I'm not really interested in studying. Yeah, I'm not really gonna go to school like that. So your parents paid half a million dollars for you to go to USC just so you can have a social life. Pretty and you don't understand. Story. And in that moment, when you make that shit, you see what's going on. Like, even before, like, George Floyd and all that shit didn't have to happen when this shit, this shit came out in December. But we had mad shit going on in the yeah. fucking country. How do you not see how fucking terrible of a fucking statement that is to make? That you're just going to, you want to have the game experience. You want to go to a Trojan football game, Trojan basketball game, and you want to go to fucking parties. When you already have a YouTube, you don't even need the income from your YouTube page, bitch. You have a Sephora deal and you have a L'Oreal deal and all this shit and because I, I of think, who your I mom think is. Part of it is like, not only do black people have an influence on the culture in what we do and what we choose to do, but our dollar is very important. Mm-hmm. So she can, she now can go to her sponsor. The fuck was that? Yo, I don't know. The fuck was that? Keep going. Bro, you got ghosts. How I've been I saying never it. Never heard no shit like that before. Yo, bro, what the fuck? Keep going, man. You can hear a lot from the kitchen from down here, though. I, I uh, did hear them like walking around and stuff. Nigga, that shit sounded like it was in that closet with a bell. I literally thought that was that door opening, like someone was coming in. Whatever. Keep going. Um, damn, lost my chain of thought. Um, one of the things I think that struck me so hard is like. 
she recognizes that now she, if she goes on a red table talk and she can now say to her her those people she had brand deals with that she's done what she needed to do to be forgiven and they're gonna be like wow she was accepted by a by a black table talk if she gets her endorsements back i'll be heated I'll be heated. She and it'll be Jada's fault. She kept saying it's not about the endorsements. It's not about the money. It's not about any of that. It it's is. It's about clearing my name. You could have done that on your own social media. Right? Exactly. 100%. Who are you talking to? Like, who do these white motherfuckers think they talking to, bro? Like, real talk. Who are you talking to? And this like, is not, don't insult me, bro. Not to my face. No, that's that's a big insult. And this is like, not to that's say mad that. disrespectful. I'll punch you in your throat, bitch. And this, why you look like every... She look like all the Kardashians... I thought that was Kylie up there. These bitches all look the same, nigga. That's because they go to the same plastic surgeon. It's the whole face. It's the chin. They go to the same plastic surgeon. They got them triangle nostrils and shit. Like, crazy. They all look Armenian. It's crazy. That bitch is Greek. Keep keep going. They used to look Armenian. They don't look Armenian. I don't know what they look. Um, So, you could have done that shit on your own social media. Absolutely. You could have done that on your YouTube page. You could have gone to another white famous YouTuber. Who has issued an apology and issue your apology with them? Yeah. You could have done a whole bunch of shit, but this is what you chose to do. And this is not to say that Red Table Talk is pri- is primarily a, an of color venue. That's not what it's for. But you're not gonna come over here. Have with- these three black women hug you, embrace you? Was it was it like a photo? Fo- I mean, they took the photo. I gotta look at the photo. I gotta yeah, take a photo. I gotta oh, look at the photo. The photo because I- we gotta see what game is. Yeah, yeah, facts. <laughs> um, facts. You know, I know for a fact she's not next to him. I got it. That would be crazy. They really had her sit like six feet away from her and she was looking at her the whole time like Cause it's like your parents made made this choice. You suffered because of it, but now it's somebody else's responsibility to accept the choices that you made. Yeah, no. And what she was doing was dancing around accepting responsibility for it. And she's like, now I know. Crazy. You know what was wrong when it was happening. Don't tell me you didn't know it was wrong. Mm-hmm. That's some bullshit. You know what the college, everybody knows what the college process looks like, how they select people, that they get a, millions of different applications in a year, and now you get in because you know a guy, your parents know a guy, you know about the whole process, because guess what? When you're signing up for college, your parents ain't the only ones signing them motherfucking forms. Yep. So don't tell me you didn't know anything about it. Yep. It's bullshit. Yep. It's cat. I just, I really don't appreciate it. And it, it makes me mad because I feel like it was tr- something to appease people. Because you can see the holes and the gaps in her story. So many holes. So many gaps. She's standing behind her. Take a look. Take a look, Alex. She's standing behind her. But she doesn't want to be in the picture. Willow's She's like, the furthest back. Yeah. She's standing behind her. So that's Olivia Jade, Lori Laughlin's daughter, Jada Pinkett, her mom, Andrew, Adrian Bancroft <laughs> Norris, and that's obviously Willow. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's just it's just a goddamn shame. It's yeah, just a goddamn I like, shame. I feel like Jada I, needs to stop that shit too. I feel like Jada gets gets satisfaction from being able to save people and help people. And there's always gonna be somebody to save. I'm wondering like Who's worth saving? Who? How? How? Do, if you're always saving people, how do they learn to persevere on their own? It's a great question. It's a question for her. Um, I don't know how. Like, it's a great question, but she's one of those people who I'm. On, I'm not gonna say Jada's in the sunken place. I just feel like she's on. She's a hip. She's a hippie. 
like she's a hippie she's all about peace and love and treating everybody equal like i'm all about all of that but i'm also about holding niggas accountable like the energy your mom gave this young lady is the energy you should have really? you should be upset if you're gonna come up here you're gonna be you're gonna be critiqued you're gonna be questioned you're gonna be thoroughly interviewed because i need to know that you're not wasting our time and our viewers time Absolutely. Which is what she was doing. Not Absolutely. a lot of people watched it either, by the way. Like, had, that's one of the lowest viewed episodes they have. They only oh, had wow. like one. They only had like one hundred and thirty-seven thousand views. <coughs> like on app, they can have the pool guy on there with them, like and their pool guy, and hit a one point five million. So a lot of people didn't watch it because as soon as you click on it and you see who it is, and like we don't fuck with that. Yeah. After you hear what Gabby got to say, it's like yeah, exactly. The first twenty-seven seconds. It's like, but you want to have her on here. She's like, I was thoroughly against this. And I was like, yo, give me, I feel you. So, anyway, yeah. Sorry, Alex. You didn't really get to talk a lot about it because you didn't watch it. But, yeah, man, black folk, like she said, like, we're not responsible for her education. Like, hit up Dr. Jane Elliott for that type of shit. Hit up, hit up yo, Jim Carrey. I would have loved for Dr. Jane Elliott to be on that episode, too. That would have been fire, but I think it would cost way too much for them to get her. Because she's like 80 now. They would have to give her a bag. She has to get Jada's check. Now, she would have to come in virtually, yeah. honestly, because of her age and high risk. Yeah. Yeah, with everything going on. Yeah. but And that still would have been like a quarter of a mil. Listen, I would have loved to see it. They would have had way more views, too. Absolutely. What? Dr. Jane Elliott fucking educates Olivia Jade on, on racism and white privilege and blah, 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 blah. that should have been amazing. But, you know, shout out to, you know... Well, well, before we end this topic, though, one of the things that bothered me is when somebody would say something to her, you could tell she wasn't listening because she always had a response ready. Yeah. That shit pissed me off. Yeah. And she only was talking to two people because Will didn't really say it. Will did what she always did. Like, right. Well, I can yeah. kind of see it from both sides. Right. And it's like... Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I know that I suffer. Like I, I, I know about racial inequality. 100%. Yeah. And she's such a, and that's the thing. Nothing. Your kids are soft. Like they want to be identified. They want to be embraced as like black children, but they willow more than Jaden now because Jaden, Jaden, he he understands that he's a Negro, but they just do things sometimes. It's just like nigga. What the fuck are y'all doing? Like, you don't have to stop yourself in a box for 48 hours to sell an album. To show the, uh-huh. the all the people that are starving and homeless. Like, nigga, that's, that's, stop doing weird shit. You don't have to do any of that to prove your point about starving. Uh, people that are homeless and starving. Like, we know that uh, there are people starving. You and your weird boyfriend that make loud, trash, fucking headbanger alternate rock music or whatever the fuck that shit is, alternate heavy metal, like, just, ah, ah, (laughs) it's just weird. So, even Willow's own privilege, it's like, yo, man, relax. And even Jada's like, all these rappers don't want to be my friend anymore. They said I can't hang with them like that because they're competition, because I'm competition now. Yeah, nigga, you want to rap now and put out albums and and, and go diamond and shit? Drake is not going to want to be around you, motherfucker. Like, Drake is trying to be the top nigga still. He don't want little Jaden to get a feature and then go past him. Wait, Jaden's boyfriend? No, not Jaden's boyfriend. Jaden was hanging with like Wale. No, I mean, um, the oh Willow, Willow's boyfriend, Willow's boyfriend. Yeah, J- Jaden, he's he doesn't know what the fuck he wants. Tyler created fuck that boy and turn him out. That's a conversation for another day. We ain't gonna talk about it on this podcast. But he's sexually fluid. He's like, 
asexual or fucking pan or whatever the fuck. But anyway, great topic. I appreciate you for bringing it up. Mommy Adrian, Gammy, all oh, love here, baby girl. I mean, you're not even a baby girl. You, you, you auntie. I love to play auntie and the sexy nephew with you and with a camera on, though. <laughs> so that shit, the point of, goddammit. But anyway, let me stop. Always wants back. <laughs> I mean, listen, if we get there, when we get there, I ain't trying to get none of these young hoes. I'm, I'm trying to give me an old cougar. Oh, cool. I've been trying to be a sugar baby for about six years. Don't know how to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I would definitely let gam me. What are you doing wrong? Huh? What are you doing wrong? I don't know any attractive. I think if he knew what he was doing wrong, he'd tell you he got a sugar mama. Exactly, motherfucker. Shit. Listen, I went to sugarbaby.com, made a profile. The women on there are ugly. Like, I'm not trying to be a sugar, a sugar baby oh, to ugly You got too, much, too many high standards. That's the problem. Your standards are too high. I got to hit at least <laughs> once. Don't fucking do that to me. You got to hit at least once. I ain't going to hit something that I'm not attracted to. You're too wrinkly. You know what I mean? Like, I don't care how much money you got. I don't care if you can put a Gucci belt on my waist, nigga. Like, <laughs> I I don't need to be thinking about other women while I'm taking it down. Because if I, I have to take it down to get all of the privileges that come with taking it down. That's what a sugar baby does. Yeah, right. You, you have to hit it at least once. At least. You think it's gonna be at least once. At least. <laughs> at least I gotta hit it at least once to to get in. Yep. You know, yo. Because then you can say, "Well, I'll come see you. You just got. I just need this." And they can be like, "Oh, something came up. I gotta come see you another time." That's what the game you wanted to play. Something like that. Don't don't act like you know me, nigga. Um, <laughs> All right, so let's do this. Let's do this before we move into something else, because I do have a I have a follow up that just came up with that whole sugar baby thing. Um, what is you guys' fondest memory from ten years ago? So ten years ago, Bree Bree, you were nineteen. Ten years ago, Alex, you were twenty seven. Ten years ago, I was thirty one. I am going to go ten last. Ten years ago, I was seventeen. I'm twenty seven now. I'm not thirty seven. Oh my bad. Seventeen. <laughs> Smart ass. Uh, so you're going to go first because you didn't talk a lot in the last segment. So find this mem- uh, memory from age 17, you 19, me 21. Go. Finest memory I have of when I was 17. Let's see. It's, it's December. Um, I was a junior in high school. I was. You what? A junior at 17? Yeah. Okay. Junior at 17. And I was. Just getting my driver's license, shit like that, kind of, still kind of a, I, I wasn't the most decisive kid, Okay. I would say, um, but I don't regret anything, and I think that Speak a was, little louder and put, I think, I think who I was go. then is what formed me into who I am now. In what way? In a Tell way me more. Like, like Tell was, me more, sir. I was 17, I was young. I made mistakes. I didn't. I didn't get like in trouble with the law or anything, but it was just stupid, lazy things like stuff I should have done. And you can't really think about it like that. You got to think about it as in you learn from it, as opposed to now. So the question was, one particular memory from when you were seventeen. So that could be a house party you went to. That could be a, a day where you went to school. Every class that you had was just fucking phenomenal. Even the lunch period was dope. Okay. Like, one one memory. One memory. I got one. All right. Like I said, junior year of high school, 
Yes, sir. Um, we were in the cafeteria for lunch, and we decided to fight to start a food fight with the seniors. Y'all lost, huh? Nah, we fucking won. What the hell are you talking about? Hey, we're the ones that started. We, we fucking ambushed those guys. Mm-hmm. And the, so I nailed someone in the head with a panini. I got hit with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Not saying I didn't deserve it. Gotcha. And then someone took one of those old, you know, those milk cartons they have in school. Yes, sir. And threw it and threw it to in a way where it spun and was open. So while it was curling towards them, it was shooting milk everywhere. Dope. And there was just that one like substitute nice teacher supervising us the entire time, and he was literally just. Leaning up against the wall and trying to dodge us. everything, just watching us. Yeah, like, Janus, it was just like this. Janus was, this is probably jumped him at the end of the day. I, don't, I know. I <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's an old dude, so it doesn't take much to kill him. I don't know about killing him. Jumped him. I mean, if a milk carton accidentally hits a seventy-year-old retiree that's working out of school, no, I'm talking about <laughs> like, after a food fight. The janitor has a lot to clean up. So if I was a janitor in the school and I know he let that food fight happen, I'd be jumping him after work. Why do we always say the janitor? There was always more than one of those motherfuckers. Okay. Well, you said the janitor. You said the janitor like twice. You could have said this mad janitors. Fuck them niggas. That's that's why I jumped. That's the job. That's why I jumped. Oh, I guess. But fuck them niggas. Work. It's easy most days unless the bathroom's the hardest thing to clean. Yeah. Honestly. It would be in and it's the women's bathroom at that. The women's bathroom, <laughs> or not the women's bathroom, the girls' room for the for the teenagers, for the students, not so the, the faculty. Girls bathroom, is the, bathroom is the hardest to clean. One thousand percent. At a high school, one hundred percent. Y'all got blood on the toilet seats and fucking lipstick. Janice is a hoe, like all that shit. It's it's y'all bathroom for sure. All we did is piss. Like you clean up piss. You know what I mean? Shh, 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 shh. Get the mop, ah, 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 done. We gotta clean up blood. We gotta fuck. You got douches on the floor and and pads and all that shit. Yeah, it's it's y'all for sure. I've been in some women's rooms and I'm like, yo, I don't know why South Park and all these cartoons make these jokes about how the women's bathroom is so much cleaner than the guys. It's really not. And y'all always have to sit down on the seat. Like I've seen some nasty. The butt, like the cheek residue that be on the butt, that be on the seats. Hold on. <laughs> your job, I used several bathrooms at your job. One day when I did like a shadow day with our ex-friend. And I went to all the, ba- I went to the staff bathroom and I went to the student bathroom on purpose. And second floor, I went to the girls' room and I looked at all the stalls and I was like, these little girls are nasty. I went to the boys' bathroom and I was like, these little niggas are nasty. I went to the staff bathroom and I was like, I don't know who's who, but at least this shit is clean. But I think it's only clean because it's a it's a Faculty group. Uh, yeah, it's a group effort. Like everybody is making sure that this shit is gross. Like if you're one of the fucking six men that work in that entire building, you're not gonna be the one that's gonna fuck up the bathroom. But outside of that, the little kids' bathroom is trash, bro. Mm-hmm. The and, boys' bathroom is way worse than the girls' bathroom. And your Absolutely. Cap. That's not Cap. Cap or Nick? No, none of that. Zero Cap. Carlin. None. Yeah. All right, all right. How about this? How about locker rooms? Locker rooms? You ever been I think it's balanced, bro. I think it's even, bro. I think it's even, bro. I think it depends on who it is. Like, yeah, there are some 
There, I will agree with you. Yes, there are some girls that are nastier than most men. Bruh, there are so many disgusting women out here, bro. But men are just big and gross. Like we're gross. Girl. Yeah. First of all, I just want to know who who sits on the public bathroom seat. Not me. I mean, when I take a shit, yeah, but a toilet paper. Yeah. Put one on this side, one on that side, one on that side. Squat one on... life. No, I'm not squatting to take a shit. That's no ridiculous. Me neither. That's wild, I'm saying bro. Every time women have to go to the bathroom, they have to sit down on the seat. So there's like booty residue. What I'm saying is, first of all, I'm not shitting at school. Second of all, if I have to use the bathroom, squat. Okay, you're one person. How many no, million? How many no, billions no, of women? No, I know plenty of women who squat. How many? If you tell your 30, friends 40? You, if you tell your friends that you sit on a public toilet seat, you got a problem. Nobody in my family do I know sits at a on a public toilet seat. Listen, so that's something that y'all need to work out amongst yourselves because it sounds like you'd be hazed if you actually took the time to roll out the toilet paper. Yeah. You know, I wash it every time. Like I'll go and get the paper towel. That's why I don't like being in public and needing to take a shit. Like if I'm at you know, like neighborhood health center of Rhode Island, perfect, perfect example. They have the air dryers. Hate it because now yeah. I can't no use the paper towel. towel to put the hand soap on that motherfucker, wet it a little bit, and then wipe down the toilet seat. And then after I wipe down the toilet seat, throw that shit in the trash. Then I dry it off again with some dry paper <laughs> towel. And then I go back and I take some toilet paper off. Three squares for the left, squeeze three squares for the right, three squares for the top, three squares for the bottom, and then I sit down and I get my shit off. It takes me longer to clean off the seat to sit down to take a three minute shit than it does for me to actually take the shit. But I have to do it because I'm not fucking squat. Are you nigga? Are you kidding me? If I'm gonna shit with my pants on, I'm at least be comfortable because when I'm at the house, fucking free balling, ass naked, butt ass naked. If I got to take a shit with my fucking dress pants on, nigga, with my work clothes, oh, best believe I'm wiping that shit down with liquid hand soap. I'm drying it off with good paper towel, and then I'm going to put the paper, the toilet paper on that bitch to make sure it's a comfortable three-minute experience. And I'm pushing as fast as I can. I hate that shit. I hate it. But it has to be done. And I will tell you, again, it is 50-50 for me. Women are clean for the most part. And DK, but I've seen some really disgusting bathrooms. Re like I had detention when I was at the Met. I had detention. I don't even know how the fuck you give us detention at the Met. But I what no, like yeah, schedules. Yeah, no, we had detention. Me and like six other kids. And so <laughs> I was um with the, one of the kids I had detention with. Yo, let's go in the girls' bathroom and see what they had in there. We went in there. We snuck in that bitch. The sink was fine. The sink was cool. Like, the sink had, they had air freshener, and there was pads on the left, and they had all of these things, and they had the a- The got pads? Yeah, they had pads, yeah. They had pads on the left, like, like in a box, like, all that shit. Pads and tampon, all that shit. And I'm like, okay. Pushed open one of them doors, looked down, that saw, that theme music started playing in my head, nigga. I was mortified. Dookie bigger than your fucking head. Longer than your head. Just sitting there. Non-flushed. Then I went to the next one. There was literally blood on the seat. One of these nasty bitches had their period. And took out their fucking tampon and flushed it. But had blood on the seat. Just got up. Right before, like, right when school was over. I'm like, oh my god. Horror fucking movie, dog. It was like NCIS in that bitch. 
like the beginning of a CSI episode. It was fucking terrible. And then on the floor, just like in the boys' room, no better, no different, piss all over the place. How you pee? Oh, I know, because y'all motherfuckers be squatting. So this bitch squatted and got it all on the left side of the seat or the right side, um, if you're facing this way, and on the floor, piss all over the place. And I, I just something about something about me just feels like lady pee is more is more toxic than man pee. You know what I'm saying? Adult pee, period. Who's it that had the joke that uh baby pee is nothing like that? That's pee. But when you're an adult, it's piss. You've been drinking Hennessy and all that shit. Like that shit will burn through your skin. <laughs> <laughs> like no, like no cap. Listen, I. Uh, that shit disgusted me as you was describing it. Yeah, as um, it should. And I think that many... I, I I can't explain no nasty bitch. I just can't. I'm not going to sit here and try to. But I, I would hope not. There's nasty bitches and there's nasty dudes. Absolutely. That's what I'm saying. I said it's, it's, it's balanced. It's balanced. It's Essentially. Balanced. And it's like... That's a fact. It's this, I, I, that right there gave me like, and some, like me, I'll flush the toilet. I just flush it with my foot. That's it. You got, you flush the toilet. Turn around and flush it. And you are? God damn it. And you are? (laughs) You're safe. All right. Um, so, fondest memory, you was Wait, a food fight. Said, okay, food you, fight. All you, right. Yours was a food fight. Yep. 17, junior year, y'all beat the seniors. For you? <sighs> I, I can't. Honestly, 2010 was an interesting year for me. Um, fondest memory? Oof. Where was I at that time? Where were you? Where were you? At 19 when you were supposed to be at the party, but you was on the block hustling with the niggas and you made you a bad. I wasn't on the block at 19. I was working like three jobs and going to school full time. What three jobs? I worked um, at the Boys and Girls Club. Which one? Once Cup? Once Cup and Fox Point. Once Cup in the beginning and then back to Fox Point at the end of the year. Okay. And then I worked at um, Roger Williams Park Zoo and at URI. Okay. Um, I was glad that I got a second chance uh, to go to school because I nearly failed out my first semester. So, How? Um, what happened? I was doing too much at once and couldn't give my full attention to... Overwhelm yourself? Oh, yeah. She thought she was Jamaican. Three jobs in school? Niggas crazy. Uh-huh. You're crazy. Maybe. Um, no, definitely. Yeah, so I think my my highlight of that was like being able to still continue even though I was on academic probation. Yep. And and seeing my GPA increase. That was a that was a good feeling. I stayed at the library a lot longer, didn't go home because I commuted. Um, for how many for how many um weeks did you do this? What? Go to the library and make sure you was on top and pass oh, everything. Like the whole semester. <laughs> what I semester? Was, spring or fall? Do you say that already? Am I tripping? I had to do that in the spring semester, but this right now would be the full semester of my sophomore year in college. Gotcha. And 
I had to make some changes. Yeah. I had to make some choices. I had to do some difficult things. I had to make friends with cars <laughs> because I wanted to stay at the library late. Mm-hmm. So what am I going to do? I already had a friend from high school. I went to school and I was like, are you staying here late? If you're staying here late, can I stay with you so that you can give me a ride? Yeah. Um, that type of shit. I made a lot of commuting friends at that point. So I had to. We did this together. But that bus stopped running at like 8 o'clock. Uh, like 10, but the library stayed open till like 2. And you needed to be there past 10. I needed to be there as long as I needed to be as long as to get my work done. So whoever was staying, because I knew one thing commuters have in common is if they live home with their family, chances are they don't have a secluded area of like, just quiet to get their Yeah, so they got to do it at, at the library. So yeah, they got to right. do it at the it's library. It's less distracting too. Yeah. You know, you don't got your, well, 2010, you didn't have your iPhones and stuff like that, but you had your TV, you had your video games. iPhones were out, but they didn't do what they do now. It wasn't a necessity to have internet on your phone yeah. at the time. Yeah, 100%. There was like maybe a year in the future, something like that. I don't know. 2010, uh, I'd say my senior year, junior, about my junior year of high school. That's right around the time. You, you were a fucking high school student in 2010? Yeah. yeah. You were a young boy, bruh. Young boy. But continue. Continue, Bree. Um, so it was like recognizing that all the hard work that I had put in, um, <laughs> all the hard work that I had put in um, was, was slowly but surely paying off. You know, they say if you, with a GPA, when you start off bad, it's harder to build up. If you start off good, it's harder to, like, fall back more. Oh, yeah. I was watching those incremental increases, and I was like, I'm working my ass off. I'm fighting for my motherfucking life here. And it just wasn't going nowhere. Like, the GPA went up a few points. Okay, Robert. You know what I mean? Um, (laughs) Robert Kelly. I'm I'm fighting for my motherfucking life. And it was like, but at that point, I also um, had my second or third college math class, and I think it was statistics, college-level statistics, and I thoroughly enjoyed that class. I really did. I really had a really good time in college-level statistics because I could. it, it made sense. Like a, um, a, a normal distribution curve makes sense. Mm. The odds of getting a certain... Um, roll on the dice makes sense. Like, I'm just like, it was just like, yeah, that's probably one of my fondest memories. This, just the whole, excuse me, college experience in that year and the second chance to do, excuse me, well. Okay. Appreciate you. A little academic y and preachy for my taste, but. I'm a nerd. <laughs> I accept it. We appre- yeah, yeah, we do. And yeah, flex bomb for that. Yeah. Quote to your cousin who's like, who put the Homer Simpson yelling, yeah. under my post when I talked yeah. about how happy I was about yeah. my library card. That's a fact. Oh, man. All right. So, for me, fondest memory, 21 years of age. I was last year at CCRI. I think, was I at CCRI? No, I was at Rick. But we threw a party. I'm a man Val's house. I wanna I think I was twenty one. I was wilding out though. So my friend Val, he lived on the west end of Providence. And his family had all went to Minnesota for for vacation for a week. Because his mother was married to a man who no, I not I lied. His mom went to Africa his grandmother went to Africa with his mom. They were in Liberia for like two weeks. 
I was staying with him. My man PB was staying with him. And we say, yo, they're gone. We're throwing a fucking house party. Has to happen. It's got to happen. So I text all of the girls that I know. And I text all of them. We're hitting them all. Yep, we're having a party Friday night or Saturday night. I don't remember if it was a Friday side. Come through to be alcohol, to be games, da da da, music, da da da. We're going to be chilling, da da da. Bomb. The day comes and maybe like a good 15, 20 people show up. It's me, my boy Val, my boy Pee Wee, a couple of the niggas in my crew, like the TOA guy, Light Skin Corey, the Yepes, like all of my guys that you know, and then like maybe another 10, 15 people that came through gradually. Mm-hmm. There was like seven women that came and stayed, and then there was like another eight people that came through to be like, yo, what's up? What y'all doing? Nah, we about to go out, out. But like they came, they got a drink, and then they jumped in the car and left. So this night was crazy because we weren't we were running out of liquor. And so me and Val said, you know what? Let's I got a couple dollars. You got a couple dollars. Let's go to the liquor store a couple blocks from your house. He <laughs> he lives on the West End. So on Cranston Street, you know of uh, that little liquor store that's right. No, not tropical. The one that's Way further down, but it's right across from uh, Pito's, the yep. first Pito. They got new lights over Pito's they look, too. They look fancy now. They look fancy. It's still a corner store, bodega liquor store. So we walked two blocks to go to the liquor store, and we needed to get enough alcohol to get people fucked up, but not break the bank, because niggas was broke. <laughs> I done a $2 party. I'm sorry. Listen, so we're walking down the aisles or whatever, and I'm like, niggas drink vodka, right? And I'm like, yeah. We see this bottle. And it was a bottle of Kakarot for $9.99, but it was a fifth. The bottle was this tall. It was almost a liter. It might have been a liter. It was like $9.99. It was $10 even. And I was like, yo, Val, we're getting this. We're getting this. So I picked up the Kakarot. I gave it to Val. And then I walked to the freezer or to the fridge, and I saw, like, Back then, I didn't give a fuck what we drank. I, I saw a 30 rack of natural I ice. I was going to say Natty. Yeah, yeah. I know Natty you going to say Natty. We picked that shit. Actually, I don't think we did I didn't did think natty. it was going to say natural. I thought it was going to say Natty. It was, it's either Natty, Keystone. Um, Bush. Bush. Yeah, we did. We did. We did. There's also, um, what's the one with the P? Oh, Paps. PBR. Paps Blue Ribbon. Nah. So, Pat, this natty. is what we did. I saw, I saw, I saw the fucking Natty. And I was like, nah, I'm not going to do that to, to our guests. So I went right next next to it, and I did the Cause Light. Because Cause Light, they had, that's when the advertising was like, you buy the, it's the coldest beer on the planet. It's yeah, like, like Mountain Peaks it's and triple shit. hops brewed. But that shit's bad. And like, Cause Light was the shit. I either bought Bud Light or I bought Cause or I bought Natty if I was broke. So we ended up doing the Cause. I bought the Cause, and but I, instead of doing the 30 rack, I just did the 24. Um, because it was the same price for six less bottles. So we get the th- 24 pack of the Cause Light, we get the cocker off, we buy some cranberry juice, we walk back to the motherfucking house. By the time we get to the house, there's like 13 people at the house. Everyone's like, yo, well, hey, where you been? We been here, da da da. Because I was the person who invited most of the people at the house. Um, so you were the promoter. The absolutely. Promoter. I go in the house. Take all the cups out. Yo, who wants a shot? Who wants a shot? I lie. I'm pouring drinks of people with this cocker off bullshit. You want cranberry? You need cranberry. This shit's nasty. Boy, cranberry for people giving them drinks. Everyone, Everyone's in different parts of the apartment, and some people are outside because it's summertime. 
It's summertime. Uh-huh. So we're outside on the street on the western and we're like in the house. So I pour a cup for myself, Alex and Bree. I pour like this much copper off in the cup. And then I fill it to right here. With the cranberry, right? So it's right here. It's a fucking drink. It's not. It's a fuck. Cockroach up to right here. Cranberry up to right here. I kill this beverage within like 12 minutes tops. 12 minutes tops. Mind you, we had already been drinking before we went. I had shots. I had a shot of, uh, I think I had a shot of uh, Smirnoff. Maybe a t- two or three shots of Smirnoff, <laughs> regular Smirnoff. I also had like a drink already, but it was like Pinnacle and orange juice. But it was like fucking coconut Pinnacle and orange juice. It, it, exactly, it, fucking exactly, bro. So after I kill this fucking Cockeroff and cranberry, twelve minutes I killed a cup. Ten minutes after that, I don't remember what the fuck happened. Oh, shit. That whole party. I don't remember what the fuck I've, happened. I've had those moments. The only thing I remember, Alex, I wake up and my head is on the motherfucking sink, bro. My boy had two bathrooms in his apartment. The first bathroom, both of the bathrooms are on the left side. So, like, you walk down, you walk into the apartment, the living room's right here. Boom. You walk up a little bit, take a left, there's a little space for, like, the dining room table, and then the kitchen is right here on the left. If you go to the right, the first room on your right is a bedroom. That was my boy Val's room. If you keep walking down that hallway, on the left are both of the bathrooms. The first bathroom is on your right, and the second bathroom... Um, no, the first bathroom is on your left, and the second bathroom is right after that. And after Val's Who bathroom... Who built this house? It, yeah. Yo, it was it was crazy. It was, it was crazy. It was like a four-bedroom. It was crazy. So, Val's room, storage closet, bedroom, 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 bathroom... Bathroom. Rich style? I don't know. But I was in the... Yeah, but they didn't have access to it. It was one floor per. It was was two different... Yeah, family joints. So, my black ass is knocked out. I wake up, and I'm on the fucking... I'm I'm sleeping on the sink like this. Like, what the fuck? I got my fucking... Wale, yo, you good? You dead in there? Wale, I'm like... I'm drunk as fuck. Fuck. I'm like, what the fuck? You look tiny from Fresh Prince when he was just sitting there on the chair. Bro. When they I don't know what the I I didn't know where the fuck I was at. I was like, yo, where the I legit it took me like 75 seconds to figure out where the fuck I was. I had shorts on, I had on a shirt, I had on flip-flops. I was comfortable as hell at this party. I was like, fuck am I at? And he's like, well, hey, you good? I opened the door. I peek out, it's dead, it's dead quiet. I'm like looking for my phone. I don't know where the fuck my phone is. So you don't know what time it is, you don't know. Nothing, nigga. I walk I walk into the living room. I see my boy Val on one couch. I see my boy Pee on another couch. I see my girl my homegirl, uh Thin Mint. We called the we called her Thin Mint because skinny little Portuguese girl. Her name was Jessica. She's sitting uh, like on the armchair and the TV's on. Val's knocked out, Pee Wee's like knocked out. Jessica P's the only one that's awake. I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> what the fuck? And they were like, you got so... She was like, you got you got so drunk and you've been in the bathroom for like seven hours. Bruh, as soon as I finished that cup, 10 minutes later, 
I wowed out for a little bit, said hi to people randomly, don't know what I said to them. Then I went to the bathroom to take a piss. I peed, and then I was like, I'm fucked up. And I just put the toilet seat down. I sat down, and I fucking took a... I fell asleep on the sink for like four and a half hours, son. At like 11 o'clock. Not even, maybe earlier than like 10.30. So when I woke up, it was three in the fucking morning. And these niggas still had the TV on the living room. Listen, I, I, I can feel your cringe right now. Listen, because it was it was I wasn't even cringing. I was just like, bruh, I was mad because I had there were shorties that I invited that pulled up that I missed. I needed them to be there. I wanted them to be there. It was the perfect opportunity. We have all these bedrooms available. I can, you know what I mean? I fucked it all up because I got too drunk. And this girl's like, yeah, you got so, you were so drunk, and then your best friend was here, and you opened the door for her. You don't remember? You unlocked the door, you let her come in, and she put water on your face from the sink, and she was rubbing your head. You don't remember that? I was like, no, bitch, I don't remember nothing. <laughs> but it was so fucking lit, man. <laughs> for what I do remember, it was so it was one of those days where like everything was carefree, no holds barred, anything goes. It felt like there were no police anywhere, too. Like, we can do whatever we want in this bitch. We can do pills. We can do coke. Don't matter. The cops ain't got... We weren't going to do that because we black. But if we did, that would be the night. It felt like... Yo, no... Yo, Alex, no cap. It felt like we had a motherfucking get-out-of-jail-free card. It just felt like every, there was no... Wor- I had no worries that whole night. Until I fell asleep. It was crazy. It was fucking insane. But it's my favorite night ever, man, from 21. It's the top three favorite nights ever, but like, crazy. Fucking unreal. It makes the top three? It's top three, and it's not two or three. It's one. Like, that's my favorite night ever, bro. Like, there was no drama. No one got hurt. No one got beat up. There was no, you know what I'm saying? How many people were there when you woke up? It was just, it was like five or six, bro. Five or six. So it wasn't wasn't (laughs) that. It wasn't like everyone left. No, there were still everyone people was there. gone. Like the two, two people that were there out of the five were only waiting for me to wake up, and okay. then they left. And then it was me, this girl that I was like, this girl Jessica. Like we, her and I were friends, but like we were messing around at uh fucking Val, and then this nigga Pee Wee, and that was it. And Pee Wee, they were both knocked out. It was crazy. It was fucking great. Oh, my boy Yepes too. He was there too. He left and came back, but it was it was fucking insane. So that that's my favorite memory from ten years ago. A lot of tomfoolery, a lot of fuckery. I don't think I got to do a lot of that because I was like laser focused. But yeah, I was seventeen and I didn't honestly. I only got drunk like twice in high school. I never. I didn't touch alcohol until I was twenty years old. Damn. Never See, fuck with it. That's when I didn't really. That's when I really started mm-hmm. drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't fuck I with it. I can't relate. No, it is what it is. I like, did a lot never... of partying in high school. Oh, I know. Little hoochie mama. She ain't nothing but a hoochie mama. Hoochie mama, hoochie mama, yeah. She ain't nothing but a hoochie mama. Big booty hoes, up with it. Tell Fletcher drop a bomb on this. Yeah. Yeah, Hoochie Mama, first, first of all, let me clarify. I let never, me see you touch the ground. I was never a Hoochie Mama. You can ask around. They'll all tell you. Cat Madonna. I was never easy like Sunday morning. 
Keep talking your shit. I wasn't. I was never this easy. This is a story that will go down in the love and hip-hop history books. But what is the truth? I'm lying? I'm absolutely not. What is the truth? What is the lie? You don't know. The truth is, we had a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't one of those scenarios where... How bizarre. How bizarre. <laughs> you saying? You were saying? What were you saying? What were you saying? I was not a hood rat or a hoochie mama. How convenient is that? Wow. How convenient is fucking that? Okay. All right. You're telling your truth, queen. I mean, <laughs> I'm assuming you're telling your truth. You're not assuming I'm telling my truth. You're assuming I'm telling the lie. And that's okay. That's your prerogative, Bob. You do what you need to do. Hey, and you brought up a very, very, very... I'm glad you said what's your prerogative, body, or that's your prerogative. I'm glad you brought that up. So, are you familiar with a film, Mr. Ivino, that is titled uh, A Thin Line Between Love and Hate? Ugh. I'm not. All right. Well, I, I expected as such. So... The thin line between love and hate. Are you familiar with the comedian known as Martin Lawrence? Yes. Okay, you know he's a legend. Yep. Def Comedy right. Jam. Def Comedy Jam, host for what? The first three seasons. Then he had Martin Lawrence First Amendment stand up on <coughs> stars in 2006 to like 2000. Then he, then he got his own sitcom. All that shit. <laughs> um, so he is the star, writer, and director of this film. And it stars himself, it stars Regina King, it stars Lynn Whitfield. These are all, you know, African-American greats mm -hmm. who I would not expect you to know. So, last night, I had an impromptu guys night with two of my guys. Lyskin Corey and our third co-host, or wannabe third co-host who is not here, Thompson Cootie. And we're watching this film. And as we're watching it, and I'm like, this is a movie about Martin Lawrence's character, he, uh, fucking Darnell Wright. He... Like, gets infatuated with this really wit beautiful, rich, like, light-skinned black woman. And goes, like, st stalks her, basically. He fucking stalks her to get the draws. He goes, shows up at her job. He does whatever he can to make her see him because yeah. the more you see a person, the more you get familiar with them. You start to build a certain level of attachment from a human, yeah. human, um, human psychology perspective. He stalks this woman until she finally says, you know what? All right, I'll go on a date with you. Goes to a job, brings some flowers. She has him kicked out. Fucking, she comes to the club to check out the club. Says she's not checking out the, him. She's checking out the club when she knows she's checking out him. All this shit. He finally gets her attention. <laughs> they go out on a date. He goes horseback riding with this lady. She rides horses. She's Just a millionaire. Just you think Martin Lawrence would perform on a horse, he performed on a horse that way. Yeah, he did all all kinds of shit to get this to just to get the drugs because he made a bet with Bobby Brown because Bobby Brown is a also a co-host in this film and they made a bet he couldn't hit it within two weeks. He's like, oh, she already did you two weeks. You said I bet that you can't hit it and I'm gonna give you two weeks. It was a gentleman's bet. It wasn't even for money. It wasn't even for like twenty dollars, hundred dollars. Bragging rights. Yeah, exactly. So Bobby Brown said, yo. Bet you, I bet you, you can't hit it in two weeks, and that's it. Like we're gonna check in on it. So, and and the rules were: remember, you can't you can't say I love you, da 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 da, and you can't you know you can't get in a relationship, none of that. You can't and you can't say I love you. 
So those are the rules. Like you can't get into a relationship with this woman and you can't say I love you to get the draws. Martin cheats. 100% says I love you to this girl after all of this shit. Has sex with her. Bong. Her birthday comes up. He stands her up on her birthday. Because a girl that he actually wanted started to give him attention. Well, Regina King's cat. Well, stopped giving him attention because she was dating the chicken guy, Reggie. She's dating Reggie. And he was jealous of Reggie. And so he wanted to be all up in her business and was like, you know what? I really want you, so I'm just going to ignore her. And so he did this whole thing, this whole act where he, like, took out all of the expensive clothes and shoes that she bought him. She get, like, legit. She was like, it's my birthday, so come to my place tonight for a romantic candlelight dinner. Martin was like, his character was like, all right, cool, bet. I'm going to let you take the car, drop me off. I'll get everything set up, da-da-da-da. Mind you, it's her birthday. She's paying for dinner. She's setting everything up. The limo, the, she just took this nigga shopping on her birthday. Took it nice look, man. Armani, all that. Like, just everything. So, more of the story for me is, Martin should have died. I think so, too. I'm rooting for, like, he did all the, yo, he went to her, fuck, bro, in 1994, he looked up where this woman worked, off of her first name, and went to her fucking company. He went to her company with flowers. Legit. People, yo, I said in 94, that shit could can, can be considered romantic if you're an idiot. In 2020, that is stalking. That's like first degree stalking. Or third degree, whatever. I would say borderline first and second. Bruh, that's stalking. Yeah. He went to her job with flowers, bruh. Yeah. And like, didn't even know her. She like, knew that she owned this real, realtor, a real estate uh, company. This motherfucker set up a fake viewing of this beautiful fucking house in like Malibu. Rented a fucking limo, played the part and everything. She pulls up, sorry I'm late, da 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 da. She thinks she's have she has like a real client waiting to look at this house. And this fool gets out of the fucking limo, like, wow, I like it, I like it. He does all of this shit to hit it once, stand up on her birthday. And then get confused when she starts stalking this nigga. She burns his club down. Or the club that he was with. She burned it down. Fucked his car up. Fucked his car up in front of the police station. Took all three of the took three or four tires off. Broke the fucking windshield. Broke the side view mirror on the fucking driver's side. In front of the police station. Then knocks on the door and puts her birthday cake in front of her mama's house. With a knife in it. <laughs> With a motherfucking knife in it. Her birthday cake. Then goes to his mama's house and breaks his window again. <laughs> breaks his window again. Rock he comes outside. Della Reese. Poor Della Reese. <laughs> she was about to kill that bitch. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. to Della Reese. But she was about to kill Lynn Wilfield in that scene. I, I believed every every word that she said, all the end, I believed it. But Mark, you got to watch this. It's on Netflix, bro. Watch this movie. What's it called? The again? Thin Line Between, thin line uh, between Love and Hate. Movie. Watch this shit. Okay. It's a good Dope soundtrack, movie. too. Really is. But Martin should have died. Yeah. I am all pro, I'm pro Lynn Whitfield's character because... Brandy didn't deserve any of that shit. No, she didn't. She, she didn't tried to ignore. To yeah, it. she tried to ignore this nigga as hard as she could, and she finally gave in. She's like, you know what? Maybe I'm being stuck up. Maybe I'm being approved. Let me get this nigga a chance. And he did exactly <laughs> what I thought he was gonna do. Right. He broke a fucking heart, and she should have broke his fucking neck. She kidnaps this nigga. Well, uh, he broke a few bones. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. That fall off that window in that chair was something else. Yeah, man. And she ended up getting locked up. But she got released. She did get released. And still looked fine. She was fine as hell, man. He's tripping. But, yeah. Pop, unpopular opinion. <laughs> Martin Lawrence's character should have died in that fucking movie. No. It's it's funny because it's, 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 it is very much an unpopular opinion, especially coming from a man. But I feel like Martin Lawrence's character did a whole lot. He did. Oh, he was mad extra, dog. Like, you don't. If you're going to put, there's a thin line between being uh, an alpha and stalking, uh, like being a predator and stalking your prey, and then legit just being OD. Like, he was OD. He did so way he, too much. He did, he did way too much to try to show her. And, and, and what he did was he played on the fairy tale trope that we all like kind of fall into. At a certain age, it's like we have to be the prince charming. We have to be this. We have to be that. And she thought that that wasn't feasible because in her last relationship, she had somebody who was abusive to her, who cheated on her, etc. Et and she killed that nigga. She 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 bodied that motherfucker. In the movie, she shot him. He was beating her because oh, she said that he was beating her, and so she shot him in self defense and killed the nigga that she was dating before mine. So that right. should have been a red flag already. Like, don't play with her. Right, and then. In, in the midst of so, like, yo, what the fuck? So the perception, <laughs> it's a really good movie, though. The, yeah. the, the ideal for um, men before they're, um, this is the first. No, 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 we're good, we're good. The ideal for, for men before they are, um, you know, shaken by the real world is that they can be a woman's Prince Charming. And the idea for a woman is that a man could be their Prince Charming. So what he did was in many ways played the Prince Charmer for Brandy and tried to show her that and, and pretended to be different, pretended to care about her, pretended to be on her level. Like a true narcissist. Things that yep. she was into. And the fact of the matter is, he wasn't. But he got her so comfortable with him, him his presence, and comfortable enough to share her body with him. And then the girl he wanted, when she said that she would, she would um, Give him spend a shot. some time with him, that night, which was Brandy's birthday, he didn't say, "Oh, I can do it tomorrow. Let me let me go see Brandy." He's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna do it tonight." Get to sleep with Regina Hall. Yeah, didn't get no cheeks. Got yeah, well, he slept with her, but he didn't fuck. Not her. at that point. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't. He so what he did was instead of showing that he wasn't really interested, he he did that all the way back, right? Yep. It it became a conquest. But a conquest with the easy prize. The prize was just to be able to fuck her within two weeks. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other woman that he wanted, he liked her so much that he wanted to spend time. He wanted to sleep next to her and not have sex with her. And didn't need to have sex with her. I don't, I'm not saying he didn't want yeah. to have sex with her. Yeah, yeah, but I he didn't it. need to have sex with her. So that was, his, his ideal woman was standing in front of him. And somebody else that he was playing games with, he kind of forgot about. Yeah. Until she started fucking his shit up. She fucked the shit up. Almost ran him over. Made him look like a goof. That's one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Because I wish he would have hit his dumb ass. <laughs> I watch that movie now. I'm like, nigga, you, he's the original fuckboy. Darnell Wright is an original fuckboy. And that is going to be a joke that I write. I'm going to write out. That's going to be like a movie review that I write. I'm going to say it on stage. It's going to be a part of a bit. I'm going to put together a 10-minute bit on just movie shit. Fast and the Furious, Lion King... Bang! Thin line between love and hate. I still think that the Lion King two is Simba's underrated. Pride. It's so it, it's disrespected. It's it's not respected as much as it should. It's disrespected. Um, but it's you know, 
it is the light skin and viv of animated series, like animated films. It is. It is. Are you kidding me? There were so many different storylines happening at once. That That's exactly why it's. No, it's no. Too, it's too much. No too way. Much. That movie was amazing. It's the light skin and viv of no, animated, it's not. animated films. No, it's not. It's the light skin and viv. It isn't. It's the light skin and viv. It isn't. It is. Now, Lion King one and a half. Yeah, that that didn't make sense because it's like one whole movie. It wasn't a half a movie, and then one and a half. <laughs> like, what's next? They're gonna make a Rush Hour three point five. They might. Shit. Lion King one and a half was would be the light skin at myth. Lion King two was a great movie. Okay. Well, let you tell it. Um, so Guy Fieri, yo man, I just want to give, I just want to give this brother, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give him some praise, man. Guy Fieri, um, well-known food critic who travels across the country to all kinds of different restaurants all over this country and tries all of this amazing food. Um, it was reported yesterday that he helped raise. Um, $21.5 million for restaurant workers in the country um, just to support them during COVID and during the pandemic. So I just wanted to give him a, fu- a flex bomb and and show that brother some, some love, man. Some gunshots. Gunshots for Guy Fieri for holding down an industry that is dying rapidly every fucking day that we are in a lockdown, every fucking day that we're in a pause. He stepped up and did something that not even our fucking federal government has done. So I just <laughs> wanted to give him his um give him his motherfucking flowers because I think that that shit is super admirable and honorable and he's just a goat for that, man, because in Rhode Island, we've lost 30% of our small businesses since this pandemic started. 30% of our small businesses no longer exist. Um, what percentage of that is restaurants? I can't tell you. I don't know the numbers. I don't know the raw data. But I'm sure once we're out of this shit and the vaccine starts to get dispersed across the state, those numbers will come out and we'll know how many restaurants no longer exist. Whether they're family-owned restaurants, whether they're franchises, there's been franchise-owned restaurants that have shut down because of this pandemic. Simple Greek is one of them in Garden City. Yeah, there's a couple of them that just could not withstand so this this pause. And so for Guy Fieri to care this much and to actually have the compassion and the and the fortitude and the wherewithal to raise all of this money to then evenly distribute it as he see fit as he sees fit across all of these restaurants that he's visited and ate and free food at and filmed his TV show for the food man round of applause to you my brother I appreciate you man that shit is big time and like I said you're doing something that the our fucking elected officials are still bickering about they can't decide on the stimulus they can't decide on when they're going to fucking you know dish out the state budgets all over the country so people can actually receive the relief money that they were promised. So shout out to uh, Guy Fieri for that. Um, how do you guys feel about the COVID vaccine um, being dispersed, uh, be, being available next, starting next week for Rhode Island Hospital and all the hospitals in the state and all the, you know, group, uh, not group homes, but, you know, senior centers and all that shit. Like, 
It's being mandated for patients and it's being mandated for residents, not mandated for the staff. So how do you guys feel about that? COVID vaccine is here. It is here. Um, I know our technology is more advanced um, than it probably has ever been when we face any kind of pandemic. I know that... Um, I told it. I know that... Um, we have more means in order to be able to create something that's going to be um, effective. I'm still skeptical, though. In what sense? I'm, I'm skeptical of the um, effective... You need a type C? You got it. All right. I'm skeptical as to whether or not the vaccine will... Are you going to take the vaccine? Are you going to take the vaccine? I don't know. You don't know. That's, that's your final answer? My final answer is I don't know. Alex, are you going to take the vaccine for COVID? Yeah, I'll take it. You're going to take well, it? I'm not going to take it right away. I'm going to let people who need it first let them have it. But yeah, I'd eventually, I'd do it. You're going to you do it? Ch- you can't let them have it. The government decided already. <laughs> Niggas are going to no, take no. it. No, no. They decided it because I let them. Oh, is that so? Okay. Oh, you're going to let them. Alex out here running the government. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, keeping it low key, so yeah, how long how long are you gonna wait before you decide to take it yourself? <clears throat> Once it's available. Once I mean, I'm not gonna be like one of the first in line to wait for the vaccine, but gotcha. Once it's available, once I see, you know, okay, like people have taken it, like I know someone who has taken it. Yeah, sure. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I ain't taking that shit. I ain't touching it. Yeah. I'm, here's but, my thing. I get the the point of vaccines. Um. From a selected perspective, like a, a minimal perspective, it's just that I don't know if I can trust it, being that it was developed so quickly. Yeah. And, yeah, no. I, I, I don't. Yeah. I mean, do. if. You have a point, and yeah, there could be some conspiracy involved. Not even conspiracy. I'm talking about real shit. I'm talking about the fact that if something is developed so fast, even though we have. Um, advanced technology. Uh, when has it been tested? Where has it been tested? Who has been tested on? How do we know the long term effects? We don't because the the vaccine within itself has been created in less than a year. Yeah, I I just heard one of the one of the symptoms is you just feel like shit for two or three days. That's all I really know. Well, it's it's deeper than that. I have friends who throat throat completely closed, couldn't really drink, couldn't really swallow, couldn't really sleep. I know people who have had chronic diarrhea. I have. I know people from the vaccine. Though, oh, from the from the vaccine. Yeah, it's probably gonna be. It's gonna do everything that the fucking virus does. That's what it is. It's an antivirus. It's a it's a half um, mostly dead version of the virus. Yeah, it's an antivirus. So that your body can learn to fight, similar yeah. to the flu shot. The way the flu shot functions, this is like a semi dead version of the virus. So your body recognizes it and knows how to fight it. Here's the problem: we're getting flu shots every single year into our bodies every single year. Our body is quote unquote learning how to fight it. But people still die by the millions from flu every single year. Yeah. With vaccines. Absolutely. So, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like bruh. But it's the same population that's susceptible to COVID nineteen. Always. And they get their flu shots religiously. As soon as flu season comes, you know how many old people you see at CVS and Walgreens? Yeah. Waiting for that damn flu shot. And it's nah. Fuck that. You ain't gonna catch me doing all that shit. Don't get me wrong. Vaccines have been impactful for things like polio. Yeah. Things like um, 
Smallpox. Smallpox. Things like um, uh, measles, mumps, rubella. Those types of things. However, something mm-hmm. like the flu, I think I think the flu is something that is consistently evolving. And I don't know why it's still evolving. Um, but they, they come out with a new flu vaccine every year. And there's always a new flu every year. So what's happening with these flus? Are these flus these flus come from animals? Bird flu, swine flu, mm. COVID nineteen. Should we not be fucking with nature? Yeah. Pigs and monkeys. Monkeys. Well, a lot a lot of it comes from monkeys, no? Uh, uh I never heard that. I heard swine flu, pigs. Yeah, yeah pigs. Bird flu, chickens. Uh, COVID nineteen. They say it comes from bats. Mm-mm-mm. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know about any of this, to be honest. I don't. I don't know about any of it, and I think that if I don't have to, I won't. And listen, your school might make it mandatory, cause <laughs> they might. You want to keep that job, that check. What you gonna do? They can't make it mandatory. Flu shot turn you mandatory. Shit. Shit. They're not. It's mandatory for our students to get a flu shot. That's what I'm saying. It's not mandatory for adults. Shit. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not. We ain't never been in a pandemic over the regular flu. <laughs> Shit. Shit. <laughs> was that that came out? Shit. We'll see. I mean, you know, I don't want it to be for y'all niggas, but it is what it is. We'll see how it go. We'll see how it go. Alright, let me ask y'all a question, man. One person has to go. All their fucking music with them. Today, right now, as soon as I ask the question, then you fucking make a, a decision. I, and you put, I don't give a fuck what you hate. I hate it too, I but we're gonna do it. I hate this shit. Alright. One person gotta go and all their music. You ready? Bang bang. Beyonce, Aubrey Graham, also known as Drake, Michael Jackson, King of Pop, or CB, aka Chris Breezy. I seen this on Facebook and I scrolled past it intentionally. Chris Brown. We'll do this one first, and then I'll I'll create a white one in my head for you right now, so we can do that one out. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let me write that shit down. If I were to say, I'd say Breezy. That's way too quick, my brother, but okay, I see you. So Chris Brown's out of here. All his music's gone. Cool. Gotcha. I mean, I do think he was the most mischievous of the group. The most mischievous. Of the, of the, of the, of the choices you gave me. You ain't wrong. Um, and yeah, his I'm I'm a fan of his music. But if I were to have to Yeah. Um, Alright. Chris Breeze is out of here for from a man Alex. Okay. Um this is a very tough decision for me. Um and to be honest, there's one artist on this list that is not in my weekly, daily, or even monthly rotation. I can't remember the last time I intentionally listened to one of their songs. 
Um, and that person is Drake. All right, so Drake's out of here for you. All right. It's Beyonce for me. I mean, it's, it's fucking easy. Get that bitch the fuck out of my face. <laughs> get that bitch out of my face. second choice. Oh, man, get that bitch out of here. Um, it's not that I need Drake. Like, eh, I barely play that nigga too, but apparently, according to Spotify, two months ago, when they showed us how much... We listen who we listen to, what artists we listen to the most. Drake got 2020 rewind. No, not the 2020 okay. rewind. Like legit, when you first made your account and they play back, like yo, how much? Because I've had my Spotify account now for ten years or something, something crazy. But anyway, I I listened to Drake so much that he was my platinum artist. Platinum. I listened to Drake so much in that. That's when he was making fucking jams, nigga. Like. He's gotten way too sensitive and too much bitch, too bitch me now. But my gold artists were Kanye, <coughs> Pusha T, and Wale. And then bronze was Fab, Thick Fab. But Drake was my number fucking one. So I'm not going to, you know what I mean? Well, here's the thing. I think the that I've listened to Beyonce since it was Destiny Child, the first Destiny Child. With the five members? Yep. I still don't know who them other two bitches' names are. Four. Yeah. Four. It was, no, it was five. And then one left, and then there was four of them. They did an album with the four, and then she left. There was five members of Destiny's Child. Five. You want to see? You want me to prove you wrong? I'll show you right now. I don't remember that. So there was five of them. And she didn't make, she didn't even make, the fifth one didn't even make, she did like two, three songs. Bitch didn't even, like, it was bad. It was really, really bad. She didn't make it. Hold on. That shit is doing stupid shit. Um, let me find it. Destiny's Child. Destiny. Not Destiny. Destiny's Child. Okay, let's see. Uh... Yeah, it was five. It was Beyonce, Kelly Rowland, Michelle Williams, some lady named Robeson, no. and Latoya Luckett. No. Yes. No. Bro. Michelle wasn't an original member of Destiny's Child. Michelle joined after um, Latoya and I think her name was Latanya left. Look at these hoes. I don't. I don't know what's what. It's it's four women, but this is the one that left first. There was four. It was these two in the middle that left. There was four. Whatever. Four out of five. I was wrong. I didn't know Latoya Lugger was in the group. That's actually kind of shocking to me. Why didn't you know that? You know what? I'm not a Destiny's Child fan. It's not even about that. That's I'm a whole knowledge. I'm a whole dude. When she dropped her um her track, uh what was that track she dropped? Uh, I don't know. What was that called? I actually liked it. Did you? I think it was called Torn. Torn in between the two. Yep. Cause I really wanna be with you. Telling me I should leave you alone, leave you alone, leave you alone. That had nothing to do with Destiny Child, though. She no, that about was after. Movie. That yeah. was way after. Yeah, she talked um, about but a whole. When she dropped that, that, there was a lot of references to Beyonce and whether or not Beyonce knew she was dropping a single and were they cool. Excuse me. How does she feel about the new Destiny Child? 
all girl shit that I have no at which one. Well, I, I think your your choice has to do with your experience as a male, and mine has to do with my experience as a female. Absolutely. Okay. All right, can you name me one female that doesn't like Beyonce? No. One female that doesn't like Beyonce, like detests her. Like, I mean, I like detests. Don't, don't be using Scrabble no, words I mean, on the if, pod. If they, were to to, if they were to be in a car detest. and a Beyonce song comes on, no matter what song it is, skip. No, nah, I know. I know. No women, female that I know. I know females. I know women who don't particularly. It, it also depends on how often the song was played because radio tends to play new songs out, especially yeah. by big ticket artists. Yeah, they play the song. Fucking five times in an hour, and it's yeah. like I'm sick of this shit. Skip. Yeah, I know people who don't necessarily detest Beyonce, but aren't stands. Like yeah. most black women are stands. It's very rare that you meet a black woman who's like, I don't stand for that bitch. It's very, very rare. It's like one percent of the total population of African American women on planet Earth that are part of the like, man, fuck that bitch. But outside of that, they all love and respect Beyonce, even if they don't rock, listen to her music all the time. Like, she can sing her ass off. I just don't like the comparisons to Michael Jackson. Why would they do that? Why wouldn't they? We talked about this on the fucking podcast. Beehive bitches are fucking crazy. And they think that they could just say, well, she's now moving closer to Michael Jackson as one of the greatest performers of all time. We talked about this on the pod. We talked about this on the podcast. I'm not saying that we didn't. I just, I'm just saying I don't agree. As you shouldn't. As you shouldn't. As a logical thinking, critically thinking human being, you shouldn't. But when motherfuckers try to throw throw, throw that raggedy bitch, and that's the only time I'm disrespected. You throw in there with MJ, I'm going to call you a raggedy bitch. You throw in there with Prince, I'm going to call you a raggedy bitch. She can't play not a near instrument. There couldn't be. There she couldn't. Be, there Michael, would be no Beyonce without the two of them. You, that's like comparing um, LeBron James to Michael Jordan. I hate these fucking conversations. It's stupid. Listen, there are true tangibles on the basketball court that you can point out that Michael did better than LeBron. Absolutely. If you want to talk about like the range and like the cultural change, yeah, cool. You can p- compare them all day. If you talk about physical talent, you can talk about capability, skill. You can measure that with basketball. When it comes to the fucking impact, that is where LeBron will never win. He'll never fucking win. Look, Michael was the first to do all of the shit that LeBron is doing. But there's mad niggas that are doing it. It's not just LeBron. That's why we don't even acknowledge that. Cool. When it comes to performing, when we come when it comes to performing, when it comes to singing, singing, singing. Beyonce wishes she could stand on the fucking white bar, the fucking that, that show in the set in 70, 71 and sing at eleven years old. Who's loving you with the pipes that little Michael had? Wee! Oh my God, Wee! Beyonce wish. Fucking 11. This nigga was in 6th grade. Allegedly. Wasn't even in school. You singing like that? Man, he had grown women throwing their vagina literally in his face. He was 11. He didn't know what the... All that nigga wanted was a snack pack. Never could have it because he couldn't have sugar. Yeah. Because Father Joe was crazy. 
But I don't want to hear that shit. This is, I oh, just, Beyonce did. I just, she's always putting on for black culture. And yes, she should. That's her fucking responsibility. Can y'all stop dicking her for that? No, we, we have to stop praising people. For doing what they're supposed to fucking do. No, no. I And I agree that Beyonce has had an impact when it comes to like... I'm glad that she put, she's putting effort towards it. Let me put it that way. But let's not act like um, Michael Jackson didn't do the same thing. In terms of what? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was one of the one of the pushes for the We Are the World to support AIDS, the AIDS pandemic, and all of that man. stuff. He, come on, man. I he just, wanted to do the song because he knew what the song was going to do, and all the proceeds from the song went to helping that. There would be no We Are the World if Michael Jackson didn't sign up for it. Thousand percent. He was the biggest fucking star on the planet. On the planet. How many other artists that are as big as Beyonce have decided to support HBCUs? Zero. She's the only one. She's the only one that got a Netflix documentary that recorded all of the things. No one else copied it or just trying to duplicate it. Michael Michael bought every... He bought Mick Jagger, fucking Hauling Notes, non-singing asses. Everybody, yo, everybody was on this Lionel Richie, all that. We are the world. And that was before. We are the that was that was at a time where, where AIDS was very taboo. Absolutely, absolutely. And then when they did the rerun, when they ran it back, Quincy got fucking Lil Wayne's. <laughs> like yeah, Michael was the only fucking star on the planet, celebrity, singer, actor, doesn't matter. Who can literally bring like that's the that's where I want to go. That's the level I want to get to. I was watching Dave Chappelle's Mark Twain Prize shit again um, at the end of last week, and it's like you got John Stewart, you got Sarah <laughs> Silverman, you got Neil Neil Brennan, you got Common, you got Erica Badu, you got Morgan Freeman, you got Bradley fucking Cooper, you got all the Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker came Bill outside Burr. for this nigga. Bill Burr wasn't there. Chris you got Tucker all of these people. Shit. He came outside for Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle has something that Michael Jackson had. He brings everybody out. Everybody comes. Oh, shit. They're honoring uh, Dave Chappelle with the Mark Twain Prize, the highest fucking American award for comedy. I'm going. Stan Lathan, the creator of Def Comedy Jam, the co-creator with Russell Simmons. So now he's dad. Yes. He's there. Like, are you kidding me, bro? So, like... There's only a handful of artists that can do that. I'm not saying that Beyonce can't do that now, but she doesn't have the same type of... Her peers are not like, oh my God, this is Beyonce. I need to be there. They don't fuck with her like that. Because in a lot of ways, her and Jay seem over there. Exactly. They're over there. We're right here. Dave is like, nah. Because even when Michael Michael Jackson put out, I don't care about it, that shit is hood as fuck. All I want to say is that they don't really care about That shit about is hood. Us. I fuck it. Hey. All I want to say is ha, that they don't ha, really care about ha, us. Ha. <laughs> yeah, nigga. That shit, man. That shit gold. It's, it's seven fucking and gold and not fight. He's like, he's like even rap, he's rapping. I'm like. You're putting me in the class with a bad name. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Anyway. um, Shout out to Michael Jackson, man. He's the fucking GOAT. Stop trying to compare B to him because she's not. And so who has more of an impact, Drake or Beyonce? Drake. It's easy. Because Drake got women and men listening to every lyric and applying everything that he says. Whether it's new trends, new phases. I'm going to disagree with you there. No. 
It's Drake, bruh. Drake has had... He has been the most influential artist since 2012. It's not even close. That's why Kanye hates him. Because Kanye was that guy for fucking 11 he's years. He's not influential. He's a fucking... Um, Who? Drake? Beast. Drake hops on everything that's hot. He makes it hot. He doesn't make it hot. He hops on it... It wasn't hot, hot before. That's bullshit. So motherfuckers is listening to Skepta and Giggs and all these UK rappers before Drake put him on More Life? No. Niggas knew who George Smith was before More Life? No. Niggas don't listen to any of that shit without Aubrey. Aubrey, no, Aubrey, we had the conversation about the, uh, sometimes, laughing out, cry later, sometimes, laughing, sometimes, cry later, baby. He, the whole fucking video was a meme on purpose. And you came on here on this platform and say, yo, he knows exactly what he's doing. He's memeing himself on purpose to get ahead of what memes are going to be created already because of how goofy this video is. He did it on purpose. Beyonce, man, she came out with that Lemonade album. It was phenomenal. It was a moment, blah, 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 blah. But did she really have more impact than This Is America, Childish Gambino? Exactly. See, you know I know you my shit. Wait a minute. It didn't. That, <laughs> that album, that album, that album, that whole album, did it have more impact than that one song? Answer my question, yes or no? Yes. No, it didn't. Incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. Absolutely incorrect. Like, everybody got a formation for maybe like three, four weeks. But we expect that. We expected that from Beyonce because once she went from Sasha Fierce back to Beyonce and was trying to be all pro blackity black, and after the 444 album that her husband put out, oh, well, that was after. But we all expected her to do that. We expected her to have a, a saying on the police brutality. But the This Is America shit had way more impact. No one was parodying anything on the Lemonade album. No one was making fun of it. It wasn't on SNL. None of that shit. And that's part of that's partly Beyonce's fault. Because Beyonce, she's never hosted SNL. She's never, you know what I mean? She's never like put well, her I think I think that she should. She I think she should too. But they don't do that. Her and Hope, they don't do that. So the fact that uh, uh Donald Glover can put out This is America, how that white YouTuber st- fucking sat my God, she butchered that shit. This is the feminist America, and she did the white version. It's terrible. Don't watch it. It'll fucking make you throw up in your mouth and swallow it. And the fact that this bitch copied it, and then the, he went on SNL, and then made fun of that, and it made fun of A Quiet Place and all that, like, it gives us a level of relatability that Beyonce and Jay, they just don't have. Nah. I, we gonna agree to disagree, because I disagree. Explain because you ain't said shit. That Lemonade album, I think, was was one that was... It was for women. It wasn't for everybody. That's the thing that you're not... Like, This Is America had motherfuckers like Alex. Like, oh, shit. Okay. Watching the video on YouTube, breaking it down. Oh, why is this guy riding a white... Why is this guy dressed like the Grim Reaper, but he's on a white horse? Why are these kids sitting up here on the fucking balcony, but they're recording everything that's happening? Serious? I'm dead serious. Yeah. I'm dead serious. Lemonade was a movie. I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying that, game, that that Donald Glover's song was not impactful. That shit was hella impactful. More than Lemonade. I might, no. Yes. Women got information. It wasn't about all of us. Listen, there are plenty of black men who are like them woke fucking hotep niggas that are going to say, yeah, that's the best album ever. Blah, blah, blah. But nah. Like regular motherfuckers. Like, we don't care about Beyonce like that. Huh? I need to pull up your checklist real quick. You go ahead and pull up your checklist, pulling up your pants like a drug dealer. Um, in the meantime, 
in between time. Alex, how you feeling? Good. You all right? Yeah. You good? Anything you want to talk about, bro? Not at the moment. Anything. You ain't got nothing to talk about? I all mean, of the, all of the shit you? we saying? It's your podcast. Motherfucker, I was just talking. I'm asking you. This is your opportunity to get whatever you need to get off your chest, all motherfucker. Right. I, I do agree with you. Yes, like... Uh, Beyonce and Lemonade is a movement. I'm not 100%. saying they don't have an impact. I didn't say they. I, they just but don't have Drake a great. Is about everything that's hot. Yeah, everything that's everything topical. that's hot. I'm not saying and he makes he, it hotter. Yeah. <laughs> the Tusi slide. Everyone was doing that shit for three months. And I still don't know how to do that stupid shit. I'm a pop star. I hate it too. Doctor. Exactly. And what did he do? What did he do? Help me out. What did he do for the video? What did he do? Tell me, y'all know what did he do for the video? What did Drake do for that video, the pop star video? What did he do? Alex, come on, you know what did he do? Somebody tell me. I mean, am I talking to myself? I'm asking the question. What? What did he do? What did he do? He got the hottest fucking pop star on the planet to be the fucking face of the video while he lip synced the entire fucking three and a half minutes, the lyrics. As Drake rapped on the fucking track. He got Justin Bieber to be in the video. And that shit had over 20 fucking million views within like three hours. And was at 100 million views by 10 hours. Are you fucking kidding me? Beyonce could do that too. But it's going to take a week. It ain't going to happen in one fucking day. (laughs) And that's the difference. That's how you determine who has more of an impact. That's how you determine who is hotter. Yeah. Anything this nigga puts out was hotter than Fresh Grease. I'm not agreeing with it. I don't like it because he's light skinned as fuck. Matter of fact, did I show you what they did to my nigga light skin? Huh? I seen it. I watched his story. I was dying. Oh my god! You see what they did to him? Spot. Let me show. Let me show Alex. He probably wasn't on thing. Yo, they killed my boy. My boy. My boy, light skin Corey. I call him light skin Corey because he's emotional as fuck, just like Drake. And his cousin memed him earlier today. And it's one of the best things you've ever seen in your life. It's fucking hilarious. Where the fuck is this shit at? Alright, so that's your boy to the right? Yep. Exactly. You know who Drake is, motherfucker. Yeah, like the beard and everything. The whole thing, bro. The turtleneck, the chain. (laughs) Seriously, all we need him is to fucking go to Raptors games and just fucking talk to people. Talk to the guys, like, passing the ball, like, just so they pass it to the Oh, God, stop killing them. Yo, I was laughing at that for 25 minutes straight. I sent it to Nick. I sent it to all my boys, all that shit. Go ahead, Bree. You look like you got something you want to get off your chest. I just, I don't know. Like, for somebody who's not a Beyonce stan, you go hard for her in the motherfucking paint, dog. You don't even go hard for you, for your teammates at work in the paint when it's a staff game, but you go hard for Beyonce, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because she didn't get no rebounds. I, I am so happy that you are able to humor yourself because you laughing that hard, and both of us are just sitting here looking at you. No, he's laughing too. <laughs> Finish your thought, man. I'm I just feel like um, I'm not saying Beyonce is all right. And if I was a Beyonce stand, then I would have said uh, I would have agreed with the Michael Jackson quote that you shared. So let's be for real. Um, 
You wouldn't have or you would have? I would have. I don't agree with that. Because I don't think Beyonce is the end all be all. That's what Beyonce stands think. I don't think that. I do think she has an impact. Who said she didn't? And she's talented. Who said she wasn't? So that doesn't make me a Beyonce stand. I don't know what you're talking about. You ain't said nothing. You just, you're defending something that you think I'm calling you. I didn't, I didn't say you're, st- I didn't, well, if I called you a stand, you're a stand. But you're not, you get emotional like a stand. So there's no other way. No, to- I just disagree. Disagree about what? When you said that, um, you said a couple things. I said a lot. Yeah. Um, you, you said that Donald Glover's This Is America was it's more, more impactful than, than the, the entire Lemonade. It is. It's what? The world stopped when that came out, when This America. Only the black community stopped when Lemonade came out. That is a fact, nigga. You want to go back and look at the numbers? You know it. That's why you're looking at me like, you can disagree. We can look at the numbers. We can watch every video that got that that's on title, that's on YouTube. We can look at the views. We can literally go back and com- we can combine every view from the entire visual album on title and we can compare it to This Is America, which is probably what, 400 million views? We can look at that and we can quantify it with numbers, which they're really good at, and say, oh, yeah, this should have more of an impact. Even if it's by 2 million, guess what? It don't look that much on YouTube, but it's still 2 million more eyes that watched this particular video over an entire visual album of police brutality, pro-blackness, anti-police, that one video, that one video. And then if I want to be petty, I can say, all right, let's look at the um, Feels Like Summer video, that animated one where he's talking about global warming, but he has every fucking artist that's hot in the game in the video, including the Obamas, and including a crying Kanye who's being consoled by Michelle. That even has just as many views, if not more, than most of the videos that Beyonce came out with that Lemonade visual album. It's not, just, it's I, not hyperbole. It's not hyperbole. You can disagree all you want. We are going to take time once we're not recording, and I will. Sh- we will watch the videos here. I ain't got shit to do. We will watch the videos, and you will look at the views. This is America. Four hundred and fifty million views. Le- uh, fucking uh, formation. 250. If 150 million more people watch This Is America over Formation, what the fuck had more of an impact? By 150 million. <laughs> what are we talking about, my nigga? I don't get it. But anyway, I don't want to waste time on this because we're at two hours in a minute. We got one more topic for y'all motherfuckers. Uh, so you said CB's going. You're saying Drake. I'm saying Beyonce. Get her out of here. Get Bree Breezy out of here. And get Drake the fuck out of here. Christmas is officially 13 days away. How you guys feeling? Are you done with your shopping? What's the word, man? What y'all doing? Are y'all quarantining? Are y'all doing like a small gathering? Are y'all meeting on Christmas Eve night? Are y'all meeting on Christmas Day? What's happening with Christmas for y'all? Alex, talk to me, my brother. Usually what I do for well, the way I do Christmas is Christmas Eve I spend with my father, and then Christmas Day I spend with my mother. So a usual up. a usual Christmas. Let's start with Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. Would be me going over to my father's, you know, like you know, doing doing things with him, shit like that, opening gifts, spending time with him, and then around the evening I'd go to my grandmother's house and we'd have Christmas Eve dinner over there, you know, Italian seven fish, 
yada, yada, yada. And then... Is your dad Italian or your mom? My, my dad. Gotcha. My dad is 100% Italian. What about your mom? My mom was 100%. Actually, one mostly 100% English, but turns out now I got a little bit of Scandinavian in me from my mom's dad's sack. Which you told us last time. Okay. So, yeah. When did um, your parents... Uh, what age were you when your parents split up? I was nine. <coughs> nine going on ten. You have siblings? No, only child. Only child, huh? Yeah. I mean, but they don't know that because we last week, <laughs> last week doesn't exist. <laughs> that shit doesn't exist. All right, all right, brother. And plus, I I gotta tell you, it was not that I wasn't paying attention. I was fucked up before we started the pod last week. So that's uh, why you forgot your laptop. Exactly, and I had to leave and come back. See, you get it. All right, bro. Shoot. So, do you got all your gifts for this year? Most of them. Um, I'd like to say I'm at about 60 to 66%, if I were to say, like, two-thirds. Okay. Um, it's mostly, actually, I still got to shop for my parents. My dad isn't that hard. It's just my mom. Mm. Really? What is she yeah. like? Is she, a, is she like a, a Christmas present snob? Yes, very particular, but honestly, we're at the point now, she just writes down what she wants, and I get it, and I just wrap it. Gotcha. It's just a matter of what she gets, and just making sure it looks good under the tree. Word. Nah, I hear that. I hear that, bro. That's all day. Um, Appreciate you. I think, I, I do think it's hard, especially this year, because, like, you know, all the malls are crowded, and it's very controversial with everything going on with the pandemic to be there um a lot of recommendations are to shop online but you're getting to run out of time where where so many people are going to be shopping to where it's not going to be able to get there in time and they're doing their best to get it you see all the ups fedex the usps the postal service yep doing their thing amazon and uh it can get overwhelming when you can just go out and get it yourself. Yep. And be done with it within a day. That's a fact. It's true. Um, I definitely, I think it goes by personal preference. You know, I in I terms find, of how you want to shop, I find it like if I can get something online at Amazon, but if I can just go out to a store like Macy's or some shit like that and get it, I just find that to be more convenient. I do too. But with the pandemic, it's kind of tough. Yeah. And, and I guess it depends on the day, what I have to do. Oh, shit, I need to get Hell something. yeah. I, I mean, if it's a day like today where I had like, nothing to do. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. I had nothing to do. I played video games. I could go to the mall and I could pick some shit up. Yeah. Wearing your mask for a couple hours because you know. I know how I am. The last time I went to Target, bro, like two, three weeks ago, I spent $340. I went in there for three items. I spent $340. I bought mad cleaning shit. I bought a new coat. I bought mad shit that I didn't need except for the coat. But it's because it's Target. And you, you're in the aisle. You have the carriage already. So you're like, fuck it. Let me add this. Fuck it. Let me get a 20, 20, roll, a toilet, 20 rolls of toilet paper. Let me... I spent $340 yeah. on a whole bunch of fucking nothing. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you feel like, what the hell? And I didn't buy any Christmas gifts. None of that shit was Christmas gifts. Yeah. Everything I bought was for either my house, <laughs> cleaning shit, personal hygiene stuff, or for me. Um, this year, everyone's getting gifts with photos on it. And I did all of my Christmas gifts on Shutterfly. I spent $180 on Shutterfly 
literally a week from today, a week ago today, and that's what everyone's getting. Mugs, coasters, all that shit with pictures from a holiday shoot that I had one of my close friends do with my mom and my brother and myself. We took Christmas photos, and I put all of those photos on a bunch of different random items on Shutterfly. That's what everyone's going to get. Nothing crazy, because fuck that. Like, my mom will get the, the, the little locket that she wants. My father will get some random shit. So will yeah. my stepmom. Fathers are easy. Men are... Men have a tendency. A tendency to be easier to shop for than women. I think it's because you guys are men. Yeah. Because oh, what? Good. Thank you. you guys are men. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. Exactly. Like, no, if... I mean, like, men know how to shop for men. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen. Whenever... I, I, I think yes and no. Men know how to shop for men, but men also know what the instant gratification of shopping. We just for like getting oh, gifts. Great. Like, cause I've seen, I've seen it where like I've given my, my boy a gift or a family member who is a man a gift and they just, they like, they love it. They like it. And then they just don't use it. it. It's not that they throw it away. It's not that they don't like it. It's just, they don't have time to use it. And it just ends up in the basement or some shit. Yeah. I mean, so a lot of the gifts are practical too. And it depends on the type of man you are. If you're the type of guy that likes barbecuing that $20 barbecue set, with the brush and the tongs and all that, if you don't barbecue, you ain't gonna use that shit. I remember every fucking year from like age sixteen to twenty five, I bought my father like the premier twenty five twenty dollar to thirty five dollar gift at like J C Penney, Walmart, Target, Lowe's, Kohl's, whatever. I bought yep. like whatever they had that was like the dad gifts, yep. gifts for dad. I bought whatever that was little, there. That little thing that you fucking put on your chair that holds the remote and like, you know, newspapers, books and shit. Whatever it was, bro. Whether yeah. it was whether it was like, yeah, the best dad slippers, whether it was the, the barbecue set or the toolkit or the fucking the 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 Chardonnay glass with like, you know, best dad in the world, the dad of the year. Whatever it yeah, was. I bought, always always bought him that shit. And my father doesn't use any of it. It's literally a waste of 35 40 bucks. <laughs> it's literally a waste of 35 so, so, Just for that gratification. Oh, thanks, son. So, like, exactly. Go ahead. People in general are hard to shop for, is what you're saying. No, I'm saying my dad ain't shit because he's Nigerian, and anything I buy that nigga, he ain't going to use. Everything I buy for my stepmom, she uses. Yep. I can actually, I'm like, my, my, my stepmom will like, like the verses. If the verses were all sold on a CD... And it did like all the male verses on a mixtape, and then it did all the female verses. I can literally buy the verses CD of Mon- Monica Brandy, Keisha Cole, blah blah blah, whatever. Alicia Keys, John Legend. I'll buy. I can buy that on a CD. Give it to my stepma, and she'll be so fucking happy. Cause her sons ain't gonna buy like her. Son- I got six step brothers. Them niggas be buying dumb shit, scarves and <laughs> scarves and fucking. You know, shit in the kitchen that she don't use. Cause Gift she cards. Yeah, dumb yeah. shit. They don't think. I'm like, yo, this is my. She loves candles. Buy your mom candles every year. Just buy her candles. Buy her candles and then buy something that's a little bit doper than a candle. You know, she's been struggling with her health, right? Why don't you buy her a fucking gift certificate or a gift card to a healthy restaurant? Not a lot of them, but you can find one. Like you know what I mean? It's just. My father never uses the gifts that I buy for that nigga, yo. It's a waste of thirty-five, forty dollars off the rip. In some years, I spend eighty dollars on this nigga. And he don't <laughs> use none of that shit unless it's practical. 
Like super practical. But anyway, um, how about you, Bree? Um, Are you done with your Christmas shopping? How much more do you have left if you're not? Who have you bought for? How much have you spent so far? Give us the breakdown. My spending has been real minimal. I had a very uh, uh, a, a very uh, expensive uh, cost to rise. So my uh, funds are being allocated differently. Expensive what now? Uh, a cost to rise. Oh, man. So my funds are being allocated much differently this year. Um, so yeah. All right. Thank you for that steaming hot take. We appreciate you. Um, is there anything that anyone wants to get off their chest before we wrap? No. Um, two hundred episodes is amazing. Two hundred yeah. episodes for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm I, so happy that I could be a part of it. Yeah, you were here for a good fifty of them. Maybe um, a little more. Eighty-five. You have an eighty-five episodes. Yeah. Eighty-five. You count it. Yeah. Good shit, nigga. Gunshots too. <laughs> Keep going. Um, and it's it's a great, um milestone to have 100% it can only go up from here absolutely to be honest um I don't know if you guys have ever read uh what's that book called Malcolm Gladwell it's called the first one yeah I don't remember no I'm gonna tell you right now but while you're doing that outliers Keep going. Outliers. Oh, sorry, sorry, that was a good beat. Outliers. It talks about becoming like uh expert at anything. It takes about ten thousand hours. Oh man, that shit. How many hours do you say you put into being a BT at this point? All right. Alex, how much time do you think you put into being a comic at this point? Say, if I were to say, I would like you to say, just breaking a hundred. If you count everything, like all the shows, all the stage time, everything, yeah, a couple hundred. With writing too, only a hundred hours. I'd say so. Fuck that. <laughs> nah, I'm way more than that, bruh. I would say, well, with stand-up, I say I'm at 300 hours. With public speaking, I, I'm well over my 10,000. I've been yeah. I've been in, I've been been in, on the stage since I was fucking 10 years old. Yeah. Children's choir, high school, every fucking end of the quarter presentation that we had to do, which were called exhibitions. I'm doing those. I'm at youth conferences and shit. <laughs> That's why the stand-up shit is easy to me. It's not easy... The, you don't have the nervousness. Of oh, I get, I get, I get, I don't get nervous. You I don't get, show. I get anxious. Okay. I always get butterflies. Always. Doesn't matter how big the fucking crowd is. Doesn't matter where it's at. I always get anxious about the show because it's just human nature, bro. Like, you gotta, you, I have to go on stage. 
Lights are shining on me. Everyone's sitting down. Motherfuckers got drinks and food in front of them. The goal is for me to make these motherfuckers laugh. I always get anxious. I don't... Like, I, like the nervousness goes away within, like, the first 10 seconds of me being on stage. Because I know that I'm a funny motherfucker. And... That's the that. first thing. That's the first one that has to know. Yeah, some Did people you? some people don't. Like, you've had no. shows where you knew you were funny. Yeah. And you did great. You fucking monster. You bullied it. But then you got some people that come up and say, yeah, I'm not really funny. Well, then what the fuck are you doing? Do you think that you dedicate to comedy? Right now? Yeah. <laughs> like three? When you are- I dedicate at least 10 hours to the podcast. And that's just like watching and paying attention to things that have nothing to do with my job. 10 hours on the pod. But everything I pay attention to for the pod is also comedy stuff. Okay. But I will literally say, all right, I've done enough research on things. Let me focus specifically on things that I can write (laughs) and make funny for the podcast. Three hours a week. So, 12 hours a month. You know what I'm saying? How many do you think you've dedicated to comedy thus far? What do you mean? In the three plus years that I've been doing comedy? Yep. Like I said, over 300 hours. Like, with the shows, with the pod prep. With the actual like writing of jokes, organizing of sets, traveling, all that, over three hundred hours. Over. I only say that is because the only reason why I say that is because, um, in order to get to like ten thousand hours, say you want ten years to get to ten thousand hours. Yeah. Right. If you wanted to do it in ten years, that's that's a thousand dollars, a thousand hours. Excuse me. A year. A year. Which I've done a hundred. I've done a little more than a hundred hours for three years. Which translates to nineteen hours a week. Yeah. Dedicated to whatever you, 19 and some change. So let's run it off to 20, right? Mm-hmm. 20 So 19 hours per week would have to be dedicated in order for you to get 10,000 hours um, in 10 years. And I think about the people who are doing amazing at what they're doing the Michael Jacksons, the Dave Chappelle's. The Eddie Murphys. And I think about how much time they put in. Every fucking day. It's amazing. Every day. Every fucking day. Yeah. yeah you know, you're right. But here's the, here's the only fallacy with that ideology that I always poke holes in. Because when we talk about 10,000 hours of doing one particular thing, there are different aspects of what you have to do if you're going to be uh, an artist, a comedian, whatever. Yeah. You have to... Because part of it is... Paying attention and observe, like observing things that you can then write, like like everyday lifestyle things that you can write down on paper and then turn into a joke. So there's that. You've been doing that your whole fucking life. For a poet, it's the same shit. Internalizing life experiences or things that you see, personal or non, writing it down and like turning that into some poetry, some poetic art. Like, you've been doing that your whole fucking life. You've been observing people since you were a child. So you already did your 10,000 hours in terms of, like, the observation part. The 10,000 hours that you now have to then master is the craft of writing it and turning it into the poetry. performing. Yeah. Well, writing, performing, yeah. But you perform every day because you have to work with kids. That counts. That's a good point. That counts. So it's like... That theory, the only fallacy I have with that is that that part. It's like, nigga, I talk in yeah, front but, of groups all the time. 10, 000, the the 10,000 hours they're talking about is not necessarily 
focused on one aspect of what it is. It's focused on I know. No, no, no. So I know. I get that. The, I the get that. Concert violinist who who does different types of of, of music. Bree, I get that. Thing. I get that. One hundred percent. But if you got, if there's five different things that you have, if there's five different skills you have to work on to master one craft, right? And you've already inadvertently have already done three out of the four. You've done 10,000 hours for three out of the four. You only have to work on two of the other ones. You know what I'm saying? So you haven't performed in a while. You haven't performed since last year. So performing is something that you have to practice on more, but not necessarily to the point, just like literally getting on stage with intent to say a poem, to recite a poem. You have to practice that. In terms of public public speaking and talking in front of a group, you're doing it every day at your job. So you don't have to practice that. The communication of it doesn't change. It's the same shit. How do you engage your audience? How do you get your message across? What do you want them to take away? It's the same three questions that you have to ask yourself every time. <coughs> Writing is the one thing that you have to practice on. That is the one thing that you have not done for 10,000 hours in your life. I know you haven't. I haven't. I've only been writing for three years, a total of maybe 150 hours. Writing is probably the thing that you have to work on the most. And the more content you have, the harder it will be for you to like organize it, but that's the one thing. I think performing is the one I have to do most. I mean, you're I you. I think it's a draw. I think it depends on the personal preference of performing and writing. I was just going to say that. There's some I was people, gonna say that. they can't write for shit. Absolutely. Their performance... Phenomenal. Phenomenal. John Parada. That's a good example. Yeah, he doesn't write shit. He doesn't he just, write shit. He just like fucking gets on stage and he just goes from there. He just yeah. rolls with it. Yeah, but that's all he does. Yeah. But the thing is, all of his jokes are written, but he's been telling them jokes for 25 years. Yeah. And it always works because he knows, like, that's the thing. That's part of the 10,000 hours too, right? Being able to identify a man that's going to actually yeah. respond to the question of like, who are you? What do you do for work? And who are you here with? And then using that man and challenging his masculinity by saying, you're a good-looking guy, I want to Velcro you to a wall, pull you off every now and again, and have sex with you, blah, blah, blah. Or, like, or a bald guy. I always wanted to do coke off a bald guy's head. You could do it with a crazy straw. Yeah, yeah. Like, shit's hilarious. But, yeah. yeah, so you, I mean, like, again, like you said, personal preference, you might feel like performance is a thing. I don't think it's a problem. You want to know why? You want to know why I disagree? You're on this podcast every week. You have been for the last two years. You're performing every time you're on this podcast. So it's very important not to get confused or like discount what you're already fucking doing. Because you're performing every week. You're you on the pod, but held back and definitely censored. You more than me by a lot. That's what a performer does. Especially when they're telling us like, yo... That's what a performer does. And that's all I can say on that. So, like, yeah, you might have already got your 10,000, you're close to 10,000 hours of performing. You might be at, like, six, 6,500, 7,000. But you've been performing every fucking weekend for the last two years on this podcast, my nigga. So, you got to think about that shit like that. Like, that's why, that. why do you think every time I say, like, this 200 episode is important because... I needed to do the fucking podcast before I could do stand-up. I needed to get comfortable with talking to Alex, you, whoever. I needed to get comfortable with hearing my voice recorded because niggas is going to record me. There are shows that I do that there's just... 
We're going to record every set. If you want to buy it, it's $20. Oh, word? Cool. There ain't no waiver that's signed. Or nothing. Like, that's just what those clubs do. They record everyone that goes up. And if you want to see a set after, you got to pay them 20 bucks, and they'll send you a, a link to the file, whatever. You can download it, save it, whatever. Exactly. Especially at a... Um, at comics and Mohican Sun, that's what they every every set they record, every fucking set they record. So it's just like God damn. But yeah, if I wasn't comfortable with putting my voice out there every week on a podcast for fucking, so add up all the fucking podcast hours you did and and attack that onto your performance hours that you need to do because they count. That's the long and short of it. And for me, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> Two hours times 200, it's 400 hours just on the pod. And we've had some podcasts that went to three hours. <coughs> last week, well, last week for you guys. We also had episodes that didn't make it. Exactly. So about 600 hours just on the pod alone. So, you know, it is what it is. But I just want you to be mindful of that because you're doing the work. You might not feel like you're not doing the work all the time, but you are, my nigga. And episode 200. Hey, listen, man. Shit is shit is crazy. Um, we gonna we gonna ride out on. You alright? You alright? You good? Yeah. We fucking thank everybody for jumping in on this bitch. We appreciate y'all for listening, Alex. Thank you, my brother, thank for you. coming here two weeks in a row to re-record something that we did last week. Love you. Much love. Thank Can't you. wait yeah. until we get back on stage so we can roast these motherfucking white people and all your cousins. Absolutely. Can't wait. God damn it. Bree Bree, always a pleasure. Love you. Cool. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for yeah. having me. You're and welcome. Congratulations on 200. Appreciate you, King. And appreciate you, dog. Thank you for being here. Cool. You're going to get your ass chewed out. Not by me. Bree's on your ass. Did he text you to say Nah, he didn't say nothing. I texted him. He didn't say nothing. So, Bree on your ass, nigga. So, you better just, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, man. This is episode 200 of pregame. My name is Wale. Bree Bree sign off. Tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a mother. Mm. So, everybody hears about this pregame podcast. Yes. Thompson, where's the coof? Oh, shit. Where's the coof? And sign off, Alex. Say your goodbyes, drop your socials, all that. Goodbye, everyone. Uh, Goodbye, everyone. And yeah. uh, where can they follow you, son of a bitch? Facebook, Alex Iavino. Um, I'd say you don't have an Instagram. I have my Instagram. Reddit, Twitter. That's, I have Instagram and Snapchat. That's El Natural. E L underscore Natural. N A T R underscore Al. Okay. All right. We appreciate y'all, man. Until motherfucking next week for episode two hundred one. Peace, and of course, we can't forget the motherfucking hair grease. Ah, holla! <laughs>